Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Awakening Universal Minds. My name is Brother Beniti, a.k.a. Brother Michael. I want to welcome everybody to the show this evening. I uh, also have, looking for Brother Ravana Noon, he's not here yet. Um, we want to welcome everybody to the show. We're going to have a little bit of a different format this evening. We'll um, kind of get into announcements uh, and some of the other stuff we do regularly a little bit later in the show. Um, we do have a special guest this evening um, who we're going to have with us for the first hour of the show between 9 and uh, 10 p.m. Um, so we're going to kind of get into that as soon as I can plug everybody and um, um, let me just find Brother Ravana Noon. One second. <clears throat> but anyway, we want to welcome everybody to the show. It is Thursday, April 20th, 2017. I want to welcome all of our uh, international listeners who are live streaming, who are not in the chat or listening live on the phone. We, again, thank you for your support. Uh, as usual, we thank you for tuning in. Um, so what we're going to get into this evening, um, we have a special guest with us, author and occultist, Bao Cadman, um, author of several, well, many different books, I should say, um, The Watchers and Their Ways, Cali Mantra Magic, just going to throw a few out there, Shiva Mantra Magic, uh, Chakra Mantra Magic, uh, 72 Names, Working with the Gens, a bunch of different books, which we're not going to have time to get into every single one of them this evening, but we will get into um, some of those books uh, we will discuss uh, with, the, with the amount of time that we have to get into a few of those um, books. Let me just find Brother Ravana Noon, and then we will go ahead and uh, get this thing going here. See if I can just plug it, man. Have a problem getting him in. Okay, hold on one second. All right. Let me uh, make sure I got... Um, Bow Cadman, are you here with us? Again. Yes, are you there, Bow Cadman? Yeah, do you hear me? Yes, I just wanted to make sure I had your 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 All mic right, on you. Great. All right, I appreciate it. Thank you for joining us. We, we appreciate you taking, a, you know, obviously the time out of your busy, busy schedule uh, for joining us. If you could briefly introduce yourself uh, to the listeners, uh, maybe to those who are not familiar with you, give a, you know, a brief introduction, you know, who you are, what it is you do, uh, and, a, and a background of kind of how, you know, you got into the, to the occult and, and authoring the books that you author. Uh, thank you. Thank you for the introduction. Uh, you know, I, I just want to thank you for uh, asking me on the show. This is actually my first live appearance. Oh, wow. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. So, you know, thank you for that. Um, and unfortunately, obviously, I do have to go at 10. I'm sorry. Sure. So no, I'm going to try to pack, pack, in, pack in as much as I can. 
But uh, basically, my background is uh, quite diverse. Um, my father's side is Middle Eastern, and there's a lot of, um, uh, how can I say, uh, not so much Kabbalistic magic in there, but more, I, I would say, results-oriented sorcery. <laughs> and okay. I, okay. I mentioned... I mentioned I mentioned results because in your previous podcast uh, I recall you had mentioned uh, well it was uh, one of the topics was you know results uh, versus growth and so I will tell you that definitely on his side there were a lot of results oriented sorcerers uh, from the Middle East and the same on my mother's side uh, but she's uh, more on the Irish and German side of things okay. <laughs> so I'm a little wow. bit I'm a little bit mixed there. <laughs> Yeah, it's a little bit diverse uh, there. But, uh, you know, I guess it all started really, like many people, it started from a very young age. Uh, you know, like many, I was sort of one of those odd ones out, you know, sort of the shy one, the the weirder one. <laughs> right, uh, right, so, right. You know, I wasn't into like the typical, typical things that my peers were into, and, and I was <laughs> often, you know, found alone. So I, I was pretty much raised by wolves in many ways. And uh, being raised in Manhattan at that time right. was a pretty danger, dangerous time. So I sort of just had to uh, do my own thing. You know what I mean? Right. And so, yeah, go ahead. No, no, I was going to ask you, um, when you were talking a little bit about your child, were you raised uh, in the household and any specific religion coming up as a child? Um, you know, was, was there any influence in that? Uh, there, that's the whole thing. It was, it was very diverse. It was interesting on my father's side. Uh, he had a very strong Middle Eastern background, but he himself was born in, well, uh, it was before the state of Israel was considered a state. So I guess you could say Palestine. And, uh, so he was raised in a very Jewish background. So I had that on my father's side, but my mother's side was, uh, more uh, Catholic. So I was raised in a okay. very diverse household and, and luckily they didn't, you know, nail it into my head that I had to be one or the other, but I was raised within both those, uh, within that, uh, atmosphere. Now, okay. the, the one thing that I could say is part of my saving grace here is that my mother, uh, who's still alive. Thank you. My, my, my father wow. passed away in 92, uh, okay. She uh, had many books on the occult, and mm. when I was young, I never, you know, I never truly understood them. But I was very taken by the pictures of the demons in, like, you know, the Simon Magus book and the right. A.E. Waits book of black magic and packs and and things right. of that nature. And I right. would just be in awe of that that type of thing. And I was very young, and and so to me, it was just very interesting how. Uh, the the whole ritual process, the circles and all that stuff. And I sort of got uh, enamored by it. And I was, it it was a hook essentially, but it wasn't something that would mean anything to me uh, until much later on in my life. You know, I was, I guess, I guess you could say, you know, I was a rebellious teenager. I played hooky all the time. I was doing also, I mean, I didn't get myself involved with drugs or alcohol, but I was playing hooky. I was playing video games. I was never showing up in school. And one day, uh, yeah. And I was good. And actually people to this day tell me I should write a book called the Tao and the art of truancy. Cause I was that good at, <laughs> at uh, not going to school. So, right. uh, uh, 
so eventually, um, you know, the, the gig was up and I was caught and my father said, well, we're in order to straighten you out. We're going to send you out to the Middle East. And, and that's sort of reminiscent oh, wow. of one of your guests a few, uh, a few weeks back, I believe, uh, uh, he was a, a, a Haitian uh, practitioner who was sent yes. off to Haiti when he was doing right. <laughs> so, so, so I sort of had a very similar situation. I wasn't mm. actually sent off to my father, but I was sent off to my cousins in, in the Middle East. And um, I guess it was uh, fortuitous because that was where I had my first, I guess you could say, my first numinous experience, uh, I guess, okay. for lack of a better term. And... Um, Back then, back at that time, you know, I, because I came from New York City, I was used to the churches and the mosques and the synagogues. There was nothing for me to see those things. Correct. But I, my student, the students in my class and my peers, they didn't have that experience. And so I recall one day we went to Jerusalem, which I hated. Uh, <laughs> uh, and I, w- I was not a big fan of Jerusalem. I, I actually, I didn't like anything that was old. I was like, you know what? I grew up in like modern day. We had VHS. I was there when MTV right. started. You know what I mean? That's right. So it's like, I'm not going to Jerusalem, all these stones in the desert. <laughs> right. So, right. uh, so I was just, you know, I was just a little bit, you know, uh, too in ra- wrapped up in my city life, but uh, so we were at a, on a field trip to Jerusalem, and um, I remember uh, we were passing by all of these little chapels right at the, uh, I guess you could say, the Via della Rosa, where supposedly oh, wow. yep. is finally right. And mm-hmm. so I just sort of hung back a little bit. Uh, and okay. I, everyone was running. The, the kids were running, running, running because they were, you know, afraid. I don't know um, of what I guess taint. I'm not sure what they were afraid of, but. To me, you know, a, this was like, oh, I've seen this shit a, a million times, you know. Exactly. And so I, I recall being sort of struck by this one image and something inside of me, you know, it wasn't something coming from the heavens or anything like that. It was something inside of me uh, that, you know, I, I get chills even now when I speak about it, that right. I knew from that day forward. I was going to study this. I was going to learn about, um, you know, everything that had to do with religion. And at the time, that's how it sort of came about. It came about sort of as religion. It wasn't sort of a cult at that time, right. but it, it quickly it, it it quickly moved to that. Um, right. And like and like many who enter the occult for the first time. Uh, you know, something makes you turn inside, maybe right. even breaks you open to some degree, and suddenly a shift occurs, and then right. you embrace magic, you embrace uh, some form of spirituality. And I know Correct. that's, yeah, and that certainly happens to me. Right. Uh, so what I wanted yeah. to, yeah, because I know to keep our time efficient, uh, obviously you yeah. have uh, a lot of books that you have written. And again, if you're just tuning in, we're talking author and occultist Bao Cadman. Um, and again, Bal Cadman, uh, you can go to his website, balcadman.com. Uh, all his books and audio books are available on his website. Um, Amazon, you can also, um, various places on the internet. Um, one thing that's unique about your work, I know that drew me and drew a lot of our listeners. Uh, it's very effective, and, and, and the results, like Cali Mantra Magic is a, is a book that a lot of our listeners um, actually utilize. I utilize it myself regularly. Um, 
you you have many simple methods. Uh, a lot of your work is not complicated, but it's very very effective. Uh, the question I wanted to ask you, like Cali Man for Magic, um, when you when you come up with these books or you start writing these books and and some of the rituals that you put in these books, um, are these things kind of that are just uh, self inspired? Are these things that you just kind of from your various aspects of research, just kind of put together and, and, and that you, you know, experimented with to get your results as far as some of the rituals that you come up with or how do, how do you do that? What's your process when you, when you come up with some of this stuff? Right. Uh, great question. Um, everything that I write about, uh, I, I have used on myself. I've used it for myself okay. and, and, um, n- it's uh, many of the rituals have evolved over time. A lot of what I write now is based on notes that I've taken when I first encountered a lot of these uh, mantras. And that was a long time. That was way before we had the internet. And so right. I put many things together, but I did experiment um, on myself. But these mantras, by the way, and I mentioned in one of my podcasts a, a few uh, months back, I have I did not create these mantras. I mean, these mantras are existent within mm-hmm. you know very you know Hindu texts and correct. Uh, I yeah, and I found that um, many of the methods were very complicated. And I saw, I said to myself, well, let me try to deconstruct some of this and to make it more uh, easy. And I guess I just tried it and I tried it for myself and I said, wow. You know, it actually does work, and I don't need to have all the pomp and circumstance around it. Mm, um, mm. I mean, some people some people do require that, and I understand it because rituals do anchor you into the moment. So I'm not, you know, I'm not necessarily saying rituals should not be done, it, you know, on a grander scale. But Correct. what I'm saying is, for me personally, when I found that it was actually working, I said, well, could this be a fluke? You know, so I have a few people that. Um, about uh, about half a dozen people that are very into the uh, very uh, entrenched in the occult and have been, and some you know uh, several years older than me and some quite younger. And I and I and I proposed to them. I said, well, why don't we, uh, you know, why don't you and in other words, each of them try this out and see if we can, if it works for you in a much simpler fashion. And right. They tried it. Some people were hesitant. They were like, oh, but you know, all this ancient tradition and all this stuff. And I was like, well, you know, tradition is nice, but a lot of it is bullshit. And so we we sort of want to, you know, push past that. And so because I, you know, there's a lot of on your podcast that I actually resonate very quite strongly with that. And tradition is one of those things that, you know, we sort of have to question. And so I questioned it. I was always, I always questioned it. It was never something that I just took you know, hook, line, and sinker. And so they found, wow, you know, this, this shit works. Holy shit. I, 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 I've been working on 30, 30 days doing this one thing. And in one week, I, and I was like, well, that's the whole point because I think that the simpler, the better, uh, uh, when it's simpler, you can be more authentic. And, and, and I, I found that the people who overcomplicate their rituals, they get so caught up in the in the complication that they can't be authentic they can't be themselves magic magic and occult is about fucking being raw it's not about okay did i put enough salt on the my left you know threw it over my shoulder do i have the perfect circle you know what i mean it's like and i was like all right you know what let's stop that (laughs) that's right uh 
and that's how my uh, and I don't even call it a system because I even say in my books all my all of these are very much recommendations because I feel that someone need uh, people who approach the occult even for the first time need to find a way to anchor themselves into it in their own. I, I, I give That's suggestions. Right. I never I never say this is dogma. I will never say follow That's me, correct. this is the way. You that's know, correct. and uh, yeah, so that's how that comes about. I, I, it nice. comes about through self-experimentation. Right. Now, back in January, we actually used your book. We had a group gathering back in January, and we used some concepts from your book. And, man, I can tell you the effects from it, not, not just at the time when we actually did the ritual, um, but, you know, what a lot of people don't realize with some of the rituals, uh, you know, depending on what you're putting into practice, they, they have effects that, continuing you know it opened a lot yeah. of people up and when we did the i'm talking about the cali mantra magic book uh we did mm-hmm. a lot of them as a group we kind of took them and and did them in a group setting and and it, i can tell you it was very powerful when we did it for sure um i'm gonna bring my uh, co-host in brother ravana new and just so you know uh, we, you know he's he's from the bronx i'm from queens new york so i could i could relate to oh, cool. a lot of this <laughs> yeah I could, I could relate to a lot of stuff you were saying growing up uh, especially when you were talking yeah. about uh, when MTV formed, it took, took me back. I'm 46. He's, he's about the same age. So, brother Ravana Noon, I know I know you I know you're here. Um, I'm gonna bring you in. So, if you got some, uh, you know, questions before we, we go to the phone, because I know there's a bunch of people waiting to talk to Bal Cadman. I know we're not gonna be able to get to everybody. Um, so we're gonna try to, you know, use our time as wise as we can up until 10. So go ahead, uh, brother. If you got some questions yeah. for him. Yeah. Can you hear me? Yeah. Can yes. You hear me? You're, you're good. Yes, yes, I can. Yes. All right. Um, the question is, um, what drew you to uh, working with the gin? I ask that because myself and Brother Beniti, we all uh, we actually went through studying Islam for years, and many people yes. in that region, you know, they have the superstition of working with the gin is negative or evil. What drew you to that? Because we've been drawn to working with things like that in the past. Um, but it doesn't resonate with a lot of people in those traditions, which I love the fact you said tradition is bullshit because a lot of that's it right. is. That, that's, that's what we live by and say as well on this show. But what drew you to, to working with the gin? And there, I ask that because it's coincidentally we're working some rituals that kind of going to resonate with working some of those things um, in the rituals we do down here in Miami. So. All right. Well, I mean, that's a that's a great question, and I guess it it really uh, ties into every almost every other uh, system that I've ever experimented with. It it was so, it in many ways sometimes things would sort of fall into your lap. You know, it's sort of like a almost a synchronistic event. And 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 I know from my my grandmother on my father's side, like I said, she um, uh, was a very powerful I, I guess you could say sorceress i you know I, I hate to put labels on people but she 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 had a very a, a very powerful essence about and she had this notion because she came from yemen so there was a very strong sense of jinn there uh, and so she, so even though she was technically jewish she brought a lot of that stuff back with her Right. And so, right. of course, you know, and so that's so I was exposed to it very early on, but I didn't quite understand it until I looked through some of her old, you know, writings and stuff. And she, and she was actually functionally illiterate, so it was very hard for me to 
to parse it through. And then I saw little references to Ginny and Jania, and I was like, because she wrote in Arabic, but it was sort of like a little bit broken. And so I looked that up, and then at some point, that sort of just opened up to me. So it sort of fell in my lap, uh, and that's really how it happened. And then I just explored it and tried to, to work with it and uh, did more research, and then that's how I got into it. So it was a very sort of a very weird, synchronistic event, because I actually wasn't even looking in that direction at the time. Right, right. Okay, perfect. And uh, the next question I have is, um, when you, uh, working with Lilith, um, you know, I, I've been recently reading the information you put out on Lilith. Um, what do you find is, uh, what resonated with you about working with Lilith? I'll put it that way. Um, I think the first things first is that I have a very strong connection to the, the middle. Uh, not only genetically in that way, but I have a very strong connection, not only to the Middle East, but also North Africa. I have a very strong connection to ancient Egypt as well. Um, it was something that resonated with me for a very long time. And I came across Lilith, you know, in the, it, it, it just in, in the Bible, she's mentioned once in the book of Isaiah. And I was, and I also studied a lot of Sumerian texts and uh, also some apocryphal Jewish texts. And instead of being repelled by her, I was actually quite attracted to her. I was like, all right, what is, is, what is Lilith? Who is Lilith? And I have the Kabbalistic text. I have the Zohar, and I read portions of it. I've seen Lilith there. And, of course, they malign her and make her into, you know, this, this horrible creature. But I decided, you know what, no, no, no. People, the reason why they're looking at her that way is because of... Tradition. I mean, tradition That's has right. made her evil. And the things that she, she didn't do anything evil. I mean, that was, <laughs> you know, her main myth <laughs> is not actually evil at all. And so just like in the watchers, all those angels that fell, they didn't do anything evil. I said in the book, it sounds more like they were teaching home ed class than doing anything evil. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? So, right. it's like, it's, so I decided I'm going to experiment and work with her energy and, um, you know, so basically it's, it uh, initially started intellectually and then it became experiential. Okay, cool. Okay. And then one last question is this real quick. Um, sure. When you yes. work in this magic, do you find yourself um, working more with the feminine energy? And if so, do you find the feminine energy to be more powerful at times than working with some of the masculine energy? Uh, yes, absolutely. Um, I, 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 for some reason or another, I've always had a draw to the divine feminine, even if it was within the Kabbalah with the, the Shekinah or the Shekinah. I, I, I say it in Hebrew because I, I'm used to the term in Hebrew, but it's Shekinah. Um, it, it's, it's a divine feminine that I've always sort of resonated with. And I found that, uh, through the, uh, mantra chanting and through various different rituals for the divine feminine it was actually much more powerful really the 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 i guess you could say the the masculine force that i do use is shiva which is a very strong force in my life and i actually have it tattooed on my back is uh very powerful as well but uh definitely i find personally uh 
that the divine feminine is a lot more powerful for me, at least, uh, in terms of uh, the work that I've done. Okay, cool. Very good, okay. very good. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Again, if you're just tuning in, uh, we got a lot of people here. Uh, if you're tuning in, we're, we're talking to author and occultist, Bal Cadman. And again, uh, a lot of the books that we're talking about and the information that we're discussing with Bal Cadman, you can go to his website, balcadman.com. Uh, all his books are available on his website, his audio books as well. Uh, also, they're available on Amazon and various other places on the Internet. Uh, he also, um, you can look him up on YouTube. He also has a, a newsletter you can sign up for. Um, so, again, all that information is, is available at his website. Um, that's the best way to, to connect with what we're talking about. Um, so what I want to do uh, for the last portion of the show before we go, because we've got a lot of people uh, waiting to talk to you, um, and obviously listeners, I just want to be clear, we're not going to be able to get to all of you this evening. Uh, so don't get you know disappointed. If we can't get to you, uh, maybe down the road in the future, we can get Bal Cabin to come back on. Uh, so I'm just going to kind of go in order as I see you in the queue. I'm not going in any particular order. Um, so I'm just going to take calls based on how you came in. Uh, so we're going to go to the phone right now. And, and again, uh, just about all of our listeners are familiar with your work. Um, so you're probably going to get a lot of questions on the uh, Cali Mantra Magic book and Lilith Magic. I just want to ask you one, one quick question. Um, in dealing, because I know in, 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 in the Lilith um, book, which – some people I find still still dealing with the occult um, in in dealing with sex magic rituals, um, whether it's individual or or in group, it still kind of in certain circles creates a level of some people you can see it uh, uncomfortable or you kind of still see people tend to shy away from talking about it um, when you approach it because I know the way you word it in your book is, is unique. Um, unique in the sense, I say, because you don't cut no corners, you get straight to the point. Uh, and again, one thing you always do, you keep it very simple. It's not complicated. Um, the best approach for somebody, say somebody picks that book up for the first time, in, in your words, what would be your advice to say somebody that might be interested in trying some of those uh, rituals, even if it's individually by themselves, um, what advice would you give them to kind of get over that because, again, I, I find in certain circles there's still that taboo-ness. Um, what, what would be your suggestion for somebody that has the interest but may still be struggling to get over it? Because we know a lot of this stuff through religion, it's been embedded in us as being taboo or right. something is wrong. Because I see a lot of people that still practice the occult, they seem to still can't shake a lot of that stuff that's been you know, instilled in us. What would you suggest to somebody if they were to pick up that book and try some of those rituals in there, or, or how, how would you get them over the hump? Well, that, that is an excellent question because that is something that it is very uh, prevalent. Uh, and I, and uh, so far, thankfully, a, a lot of people who have emailed me about this, they were able just to go through it. But um, this is something a lot deeper than just these rituals. I think uh, there is a taboo about sexuality there's a taboo about the body and Correct. i would like to state that the hatred of the body is bullshit That's okay right. we have come into this world in the body not to hate the body but to love it because mm. my in my estimation is that you are not going to leave here until you love this place until you Correct. love your body and 
the thing is, is that there's no shame in it. Um, it took, listen, it took me, although I never had that, that particular sexual hang up, I did have that, uh, sort of, uh, in, in the beginning, you know, that little religious guilt there. And <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. The thing actually... is, yeah. The, the, the thing is, is that if you want to be authentic, you have to take a chance. You know, mm-hmm. there, there is no easy way to do this. This, this right. is something that you have to take a chance and you have to just get in tune with your body. Because let me tell you, the minute you are in tune with your body, everything else will work out because if you have a war with your body if you have a war with your body with your sexuality with your uh, whatever hang-ups you have it is going to be very hard to progress because you are in this body right now and it is a vehicle so really is there is there really an easy way uh no it's it's not easy but there is you can do it slowly you can do it incrementally you can about you know be more in touch but it it does take some work and 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 really it's it's a paradigm shift you can't just turn off for some people but i think really they have to realize where they have to pinpoint where is this guilt coming from and is it valid and slowly that can unravel but really there is no I, i i can't really say that there's an easy way out of that that's correct. Okay. I appreciate that. All right. So what we're going to do, listeners, uh, yes, I see some people. If you are in online, you can type some questions online. I'll rotate from the phone to the online questions. You can go ahead and I'll fold them over to Bal Cadman. Um, so I'll kind of rotate. Um, so, again, if you are just online and you are not uh, on the phone, uh, you can go ahead and start typing your questions in. If you are online and you would like to get on the phone and talk to Bal Cadman, all you got to do is scroll down to the bottom of the screen. You'll see the call-in number. It's 724-444-7444. It's going to ask you for the call ID, which is 134-778-POUND. Then it's going to ask you for a PIN number, which is 1-POUND. That is if you are just online and you would like to get on the call. For those that are on the call, please unmute your phone uh, when we uh, get to you because, again, sometimes we do have that problem. Uh, People forget to unmute their phone, and we can hear them, but uh, we, we can't hear them talk, but they can hear us. So, again, I'm mute your phone. I'm going to go in order. Uh, I'm going to go to my first caller, uh, Duma730. How are you doing this evening? You're on the call. Do you have a question or a comment for Bal Cadman? Um, I just had a comment that uh, I love the way your work is, how simplistic it is, and how easy it is to work with it. Um, I just enjoyed uh, the way you, you put these uh, monster books out. Thank you for that. Thank you. All right. We appreciate it, uh, Duma730, and we, we appreciate you listening and tuning in. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, and, again, uh, the questions online, uh, Bal, I'm just going to forward them over to you. Um, uh, guest number 13 has forwarded over a question says, have you done any work with Babylon? I'm, I, I guess 13, I'm, I don't know if you could be a little bit more particular. I don't know if you're talking about Babylonian magic. Um, I'll come back to that if you can – or have you done any work with any Babylonian uh, type type of uh, magic? Uh, well, I mean, Lilith is one of them because she she's well, she's more sort of neo or Sumerian or neo Babylonian. Uh, right. But yes, I have worked I've worked with Ishtar and mm. the the I guess you could say Inanna, which is a it's actually the same uh, uh, right. deity but in a different form. Uh, 
yes, certainly I have, and I'm working on a text for that. I have I found my notebook from uh, way back when I did, and um, I it's a it's very powerful. Uh, I actually performed not too long ago a ritual to Ishtar uh, for for the for the well-being of Iraq. <laughs> uh, gotcha. So you know. Yeah, so okay. yes, certainly I have, and something will be forthcoming, yes. Okay, so uh, now just to clarify, he typed in uh, the spelling B-A-B-A-L-O-N, Babylon, the deity, uh, just to clarify that. Have you ever worked with that deity, uh, I guess, was the question. Uh, Sorry not, about that. Uh, n- yeah, n- not, not, that, uh, not that I know of. I, I, I guess I would have to see that uh, spelled again, but no, I, I don't recall necessarily working with a deity by that particular name okay all right all right so let's go back to the phones again if you're online I'll, i'm gonna rotate back and forth uh if you are online you can go ahead and type and forward your questions and i will uh, we'll get them over to bow cabinet all right uh next caller in the queue just says guest number seven you are on the call guest number seven do you have any questions or comments for bow cabinet anybody there guest number seven can you hear me all right, going once, going twice, going three times. All right, we're going to go to the next call. Again, if your phone is muted, please unmute your phone. Uh, next caller in the queue is Lady Mystic. Lady Mystic, you're on the call. You got a question or a comment for Bal Cadman? Yes, hello. Good evening. I have a question. I, uh, I have a friend from uh, Liberia, and uh, they were telling me that um, they witnessed a lot of magic deep in the uh, culture and not open, but deep within uh, the culture. And um, he had said that um, definitely had seen some uh, very strong magic, but he had said that in order to really get um, into the occult, you have to make a major blood sacrifice. And I said that if you believe that, then that would be true. But if you don't believe that, then, you know, that's not something that you have to worry about. So uh, what, are your, what is your uh, history, opinion, or um, what do you think about that? Um, well, I do, uh, and thank you for the question. Uh, it, and it is a very interesting question because in the early forms uh, that many of these traditions took, uh, blood sacrifice was, in fact, part of the tradition. Um, And that was something that was known to them at the time. I have found in my personal experience, and then also as uh, spirituality and religions have evolved, um, it's not 100% necessary, but it also depends on the tradition. There are some traditions that still work with blood sacrifices and uh and that and and it's not that it's ineffective i mean i even wrote in my my most recent book the watchers in their ways i i i wrote a little bit about sacrifices stating that you know people still do that um there's nothing inherently wrong with it but it really is traditional traditionally based you probably won't find uh, that in more in the Christian mystics or or even some of the Hindu uh, sects and uh, even in Judaism, but early Judaism perhaps. But it would it it was more animal sacrifice. But then that eventually evolved out. 
So I don't think it is 100% necessary, but it really does depend on the tradition uh, and if it is acceptable within that tradition. But uh, for me personally, uh, spirituality to be uh, initiated into the occult and spirituality, you really don't have to do it. But if you are so inclined to do so, there's nothing necessarily wrong with it. But of course, within the laws, of course, you probably don't want to, you know, cut the throat of a, a goat in the middle of the street in, you know, New York City or something, you know. So, you know, it, within the laws, because you'll probably go to jail for that. But, uh, right. you know, pe- people do do it discreetly, I will tell you. I, I remember in Israel, uh, just, you know, maybe 20 years ago, I went to an event and they, com- I mean, it was, uh, it was very festive, but they completely killed a goat right there. Like it was, you know, and it was acceptable because you can get away with that. Um, but uh, it's not 100% necessarily unless your tradition specifically states that it is. But again, if you are very tied down to the tradition, you might want to question maybe allowing yourself maybe a little bit more room to to look out a little bit because you may not really need those uh those particular rituals, you know, you might be able to actually break free from that, but it, you know, it, you know, ritual, you know, tradition is very strong. And so it, it's really something that needs to be worked through because for me, example, tradition, I, I, I'm sorry, I, I don't hold a lot of stock in tradition. So that's a little hard. Yeah. You know, so it really is a personal thing in this case. Correct. Uh, does that answer your question? Thank you. Lady you got it. Yes, no problem. Thank you so much. All right. We appreciate you coming in. And it's, I'm glad you bring that up because I think what the, the problem I always had with it, uh, and I don't know where the fine line with some people is between tradition and I got a problem with it because I think sometimes the tradition tends to become very religious um, when it starts right. to, you know, insinuate if you don't do it this particular way, that's where I, get, I, I start to have a problem with it. And we, we're, we're along the same lines here in the show, as you said. Uh, it does serve its purpose as far as, you know, like you were saying, with the blood sacrifice, but definitely not necessary. And I'm glad, I'm glad you explained that. Um, so, yeah, that's uh, excellent. Uh, let's go to our next caller. Uh, this, this caller just says New York City. So I'm, uh, if you, we've got a couple of people on here from New York. Uh, so if you are uh-huh. on the call from New York, go ahead and speak. We can hear you. Anybody out there from New York? we got a couple as you speak up. I don't know which one it is. Hmm. All right. We can give you another opportunity. If your phone is muted, you have to unmute it. Uh, New York going once, twice, three times. All right. We'll come back to you. We got another call from New York. Let's go to the next one. Uh, New York, you're on the call. Can you hear me? Anybody there from New York? Hello, Hello? New York. Yes, Hi. we got you. How you doing this evening? How are you? I'm doing great. Hi, Val. It's me, Akasha. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hello, Akasha. How are you? <laughs> Very I'm nice good. to hear from oh my you. God. You're doing so great. I'm so proud of you. So oh, no. happy. Oh, no, no. oh my God. No, no. I love you. Doing great. Oh, my oh God. you're making me blush. Come on. <laughs> Yay. Don't worry. I'm not making you faint uh, yet. <laughs> Well, so I, I so, think you know her, Bal. Uh, safe to say you know her. I, would I know. I, 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 definitely, I definitely know Akasha. So, uh, you know, so uh, what's what's up, Akasha? What do you have in mind? Well, it's uh, it's interesting that, um, 
you know, you spoke about a lot of the tradition, you know, not holding stock in tradition. Um, same thing goes for the whole culture, too. And maybe you should, you know, talk about a bit on just working with the raw energy and just bringing it up to on the consciousness level, like just becoming one with it so they can transcend the physicality of using actual focal point on this dimension. Mm. Well, wow. well, the the thing is that I, I don't know if we should necessarily transcend the physicality. I think we should incorporate it. Uh, I, I, I think that the transcending of physicality in many ways sort of reduces it a little bit. And, and the thing is that there's no reason to reduce the physicality as long as you, you, can, you can actually use it to your, to your benefit. You know, it, it, there's no reason. I, you know, so I think really, um, in my estimation from that is to bring phys- physicality with you. I mean, not to transcend it, not to throw it to the side. It is part of our, 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 our path. We are in this body. We can use the energies of this body to move forward. There's, there's, I, I don't view the body as being something that needs to be necessarily thrown to the side. You know what I mean? I, I, I believe that it, it actually can, uh, I mean, we're using it right now. I mean, I'm speaking to you through my mouth. I mean, that, you know what I mean? You can use the body as, as, as a spiritual tool. It does not have to be necessarily transcended, but it can be um, uh, included in our spiritual practice. And that's in my Lilith book. I, I do that in the last ritual. I, I actually include the body in to the spiritual dimension, not pushing it away because I, I think that a lot of that image, that, that concept of the body needs to be sort of pushed away and thrown to the side is a very religious concept. That's right. uh, but, uh, on the left-hand path or, 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 or really in just life, um, it, it shouldn't be thrown to the side. It should be enjoyed. It, but of course, listen, when I say enjoy your life, I'm not saying now go run around and, you know, just drink, take drugs and screw whatever you want. I mean, there's consequences right. to everything, but what I'm saying is that you can use the body as a vehicle to move you forward, you know? Right. And, uh, so that's my take on the body at least. Okay. That's interesting. Yay. <laughs> Does that answer? I hope that I'm sure that answers your question. I would gather. Yep. <laughs> All right. Thank well, we, you. We, thank you thank for calling. You. We, de- we definitely appreciate your call, and thank you for thank you for listening. You're welcome. You got it. All right. This is a question from online, Val. Um, it's actually a pretty good question. Um, uh, this individual, it's Kathy1122, uh, types in that she did a black magic uh, candle ritual to seek clarity. Uh, but in the, doing that ritual, she said the – the concept of the Virgin Mary answered her question in a dream. Uh, question is, can Christian deities and occult magic work hand in hand? What's your take on that? Oh, ab- absolutely. 100% they can, because the thing is, is that we have car- compartmentalized these energies saying, okay, well, the Mary, oh no, 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 she's Christian. She's Catholic. No, no, no. She is, untouchable we cannot associate her with collie we can no 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 but the thing is, is that that's bullshit 
you know that's okay. tradition again that is that is religious concepts getting in involved mary what she represents and i and i did write this in one of my books is that she represents also a divine feminine christianity could not run away from its pagan past i'm sorry they right. can try but they can, right. they cannot because the thing is is that divine feminine mary kali lilith what, what have you follows us wherever we go christianity tried to stomp it out but in the end they incorporated it in that's correct and the thing is that but of course they they moved it away said well no she's not really divine feminine but i don't know i mean i go to i've been to plenty of catholic churches and i don't know they're praying to her pretty much like she's a goddess and the thing is but but of course it's tempered just a little bit correct um but I don't see that there's any conflict. And even in like the hoodoo tradition, uh, and even in some voodoo traditions, you have uh, probably more so even hoodoo, where you have some of the saints from Catholicism getting sort of incorporated into right. a more indigenous belief. But I don't see any problem with it. I've used Jesus, uh, uh, Mary, uh, and other saints in my magic uh and I found that there was no problem. It, it it worked very much the same. It felt very much the same. These are very archetypical archetypical energies. So Correct. I don't I don't see them. I don't see them as necessarily being anathema. Uh, you know, in either way, I think that they work together. I think worshiping Isis and Marriott is is not. You know, I don't see a conflict there. What is conflict is tradition, and tradition will. May, will create that conflict, but after when you really go down to the core, there is no conflict there. Right, that's an excellent point. And I'm glad I'm glad you clarified that. Uh, does that answer your question? Okay, uh, Kathy one eleven twenty two. I hope that answers your question. And I'm glad you said that uh, about because um, we we always and if you and like you said if you've listened to some of the previous shows. Uh, like you say, it's, they, the concepts represent the similarities in what the concepts represent. And, and me, in my, in my own personal opinion, it's, it's if you take that concept, you're, you know, you're fueling it anyway uh, with how you perceive it. Then the, really when you look at it, as you said, there's really uh, when dealing with the divine feminine energy in those quote-unquote, whether they're religions, dogmas, traditions, they all represent that, you know, the same element. And, and, and you know, like you said, I found – and I'm sure Ravana Noon, you could attest to the same thing. Um, they they all have the same representation. It's just how you work with them. Um, okay, we got about 15 right. more minutes, so I'm gonna go back to the phones. Uh, you're welcome, Kathy. 1122. We appreciate your question. Uh, we'll take a couple more calls. Uh, let's bring in this call. Just says South New Jersey. Anybody there from South New Jersey? Anybody there from South New Jersey? You're on the call. Any questions, comments? Can you hear me? Your phone is muted. You must unmute it. All right, we'll give you going once. South New Jersey going twice. South New Jersey going three times. All right, we're going to go to the next caller. Uh, this caller here just says uh, 929. You're on the call. Can you hear me? 929. 929. Anybody there? All right. Guess nobody's there. Going once, going twice, three times, 929. All right, we're going next call. We're just going to keep it rolling. Uh, let's bring in Brother Seth Athena. Seth Athena, how you doing, brother? You there? Yeah. yeah how you doing? Um, Greetings. Greetings, um, Eric Kahneman. Um, 
I particularly like um, really um, like the the last comment you made in relation to the incorporation of um, what you're saying of certain deities from different religious sects, maybe and and basically with other 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 um, other deities that you know presently we work with on the left hand path. Um, what I find for me. I work mostly with basically my ancestors, those ones that I have known while living here, and those that I that is within my bloodline, which maybe no um are probably unknown, but I incorporate them anyway. Along with also, I also work with um the deity of set um. Sekhmet, I work with um, Anubis. I work with um, mm-hmm. with with um, Santa Mete. Um, yes. And yeah, some other aspects. But what I find when I do incorporate them in a ritual, because I do, I work with them individually. And also, when I find now, recently I start working with them. When I incorporate all three aspects within a rich, the ritual, um, I find I get more more benefit from it in that aspect. Right. So uh, right. I, I, yeah. Um, the other question I'm really looking in relation to in our work, I am seeing in, in, in terms of the way we work. Is it true to say when we do these rituals um, or work, we are bettering ourselves per se, as opposed to working with other, um, what we say, spirits that for certain kind of help? I personally see when I work, I'm looking to better myself or making myself better than who I am or elevating myself to a higher. What? Yeah, I just wanted you also to make some comments on that. Uh, sure, that that's actually great that you mentioned that because in my estimation and what I'm trying to do with my work, and, and it's still coming out, I, I have quite a few things coming out, but I believe that uh, we need to move uh, magic and ritual that is purely transactional, where we're sort of asking for something and we get it in return, and to move it into the purely transformational, where the you know the color of the candle and the day of the week oh. is incidental, and the growth in wisdom and personal power is paramount, and where the doing is uh, sort of transcended but included in the being. So in my estimation, the ultimate goal of all magical schools, but especially that of the left-hand path, is to turn magic from a transaction into a transformational effect. So I I completely agree with you. I think that magic can be used as a tool to better ourselves, um, but we have to be conscious of it because a lot of magic, and including even my own books, because I I, I write and I I bring out texts as they come, but some of my books are purely transactional. Uh, where it's like, okay, you want this, you do this and that, uh, and then I have the magical moments of n- magical moments of now, which 
discusses how magic is transformational. So I do believe that through the medium of the occult, we can actually uh, transcend uh, from transactional of transactional occultism to transformational occultism. So I completely wow. agree. I think that when we do this, we can use it as a tool of transformation. Wow, nice. Does that answer your question, Brother Seth? Yeah. All right. We appreciate you, as usual, tuning in, listening in, brother. Uh, we're going to try to squeeze another call to him before we let uh, Brother Balcadman go. Thanks for calling, Mike. Uh, I just wanted to add, ask this real quick, and I know it's not something you could probably elaborate on a minute, but you just briefly, in your, in your experience, and we always stress this on the show, especially for somebody uh, newly getting into work in the occult, working rituals, what is the importance of being in sound mind and sound body? And if, if one individual is not, what are the detrimental impact or effects of that if you're not in a sound mind, sound body? Um, well, I mean, it can be quite detrimental because sometimes, and that's why I put a disclaimer pretty much on every text, because it, it is very hard to determine how uh, occultism or, or, or magic in general is going to affect someone. But, you know, when you get deep into the occult, and especially if you're not so much in the transactional mind, but more in the transformational mindset, it's going to drudge up a lot of the, 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 the darkness that is inside of us. And if it's not, if it's not a being, if it's not being um, effectively uh, channeled and used, it can actually be quite destructive. I mean, there are those who will use magic who are not of sound mind and sound body, so to speak, who will wantonly use it for destructive um, 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 purposes, they eventually do themselves a harm. Not, the spirits aren't going to get them. That's not what's going to get them. It's the, they will psychically destroy themselves from within because the darkness, instead of, instead of being harnessed and worked, um, which I understand correctly is something that you also teach is to, to embrace the darkness, not to shun it, not to ignore it, That's correct. Uh, but to work through it. Um, if you don't work through it, it becomes a virus that slowly hijacks the mind. And magic is, you know, magic is nature, and nature has a keen ability of clearing out what does not serve it. So that's, that's what I feel would happen if someone is approaching it in a very um, myopic and very unhealthy way. It can actually lead to a very bad situation for them. And, uh, that's correct. You know, so so really, it, it we we want to be able to work through the darkness, not uh, resist the darkness, because as the cliche goes, what you resist persists. You know, and, and it will act uh, eat you from the inside if you mm. actually handle. Mm. Mm. I'm glad you said that. But that's I hope a lot of people heard that, um, and that's that's very 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 important because one thing we always teach, especially the people first getting into it, uh, definitely definitely want to be in a sound mind, sound body, um, and definitely be very conscious of what you're doing. Um, I say conscious in the sense of awareness. Uh, okay, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to just squeeze in one more question online because we only have a few more minutes, and if we do have time, one last call. Um, Guest 7 has typed in. Um, they want to know, can you, and I think you kind of touched on it in the last couple questions, so uh, maybe you can just briefly, can you speak on the mental aspect of magic, which I think we just did, 
meaning more in relation to self self belief, not not religious belief, and visualization, uh, which I think is very important. Uh, can you touch on that? And how important is visualization in your work? Um, that's a great question. Uh, visualization is important in the sense that it helps us. It helps you frame an image in your in your mind, in your subconscious mind. Because you know, you know, as cliched as this is going to sound, because a lot of this is has become cliched. Your subconscious mind, in many ways, although it is the seat of uh, quite a bit of wisdom, is also sort of inter- is oddly um, ignorant at the same time. So what what you, what you visualize and what you experience in your visualization, often the subconscious mind doesn't know the difference between the actual event and something that is visualized. And a lot of athletes use that too, where they sort of visualize themselves in a sport. And literally muscles, they've done research where muscles start to move because they're sort of visualizing it. So the mental, the mental state is very important. People often associate a visualization with closing their eyes. You do not have to close your eyes. I, I've gotten a lot of uh, comments about this. You can keep your eyes open. I mean, my eyes are open right now, and I can have a full visualization. I think it's important, but it's not 100% necessarily necessary all the time. You can actually develop that. But visualization certainly helps. Certainly helps. Okay. And that caller was Worku, uh, if I'm saying that right. I guess they might might know you. Uh, oh, yes, I know Worku. Yeah. Okay. Just wanted to throw that in there. They type that. All right. So we're going to take yeah. the last call. We'll see who the lucky individual is uh, next in the queue. Oh, it's brother, brother Jack Charles. Let me see if I can plug him in. Hold on one second. Oh, damn, I just lost the... Uh, Oh man, hold on. Bear with me here. I just lost it. Okay, here we go. Sorry. All right. Uh, hold on, Jack. Just give me a minute. I have a little difficulty here. Hold on a second. Okay, here we go. Uh, Brother Jack, can you hear me? Yeah, you hear me? Yeah, I got you. I'm sorry. I had a little problem there plugging in. Yeah. Yeah, you you are the uh, final caller uh, of the evening. Yeah, what right. you got for Bob Cabinet? Uh, but I come yeah. out. I just want to say thank you for coming on the show. Uh, you know, you're saying a lot of good points and a lot of things you're saying. I'm I'm, I'm kind of agreeing with. I'm I experienced too. So I want to say I appreciate you just uh, coming out and giving us the knowledge that you acquired over the years. I appreciate that. And uh, thank you. It's my honor. Awesome, awesome. And also, um, my experience, man. Like what you said about it become a virus. I kind of experienced that, and it was kind of it kind of bugs me out that you kind of saying that because I came, I've been doing this for uh past the spirituality, but mostly the left hand path for about a, over a year now, and what I've noticed is that what I experienced was sometimes when I was more into like the consciousness, like all the ancestors, I need to give all my energy to the ancestors, bless the ancestors, and it came to a point where I, I wanted certain things, I needed to accomplish certain goals, and I realized certain ancestors were holding me back. You know, they someone were aligned with those goals, and a lot of them, a lot of people I was connected to on the other side, you know, I had to kind of like stop feeding them, or they had to left on their own. And then what's crazy that bugs me out is I noticed that new, new ones are emerging from like deep in my bloodline, you know, that was trying to help me achieve my goals or give me new type of information. It was like I'm, I was plugging into a new type of matrix or something like that, you know. And uh, I was wondering your thoughts on that, like, you know. Sometimes we could be connected by blood to certain 
being, but sometimes they might not align with what we want to achieve. Because some might be, I came from a, a Christian, you know, Caribbean background, and they might see things, I know they might see things a certain way, but it doesn't align with what my spirit wants me to do. So what was, what's your thoughts on that? Uh, that's that's a pretty good question there, you know, and, and I know that ancestor worship is as ancient as magic itself. And, you know, unfortunately, there's 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 really not a single answer to that question, you know, since there are so many different traditions that put varying degrees of importance on ancestor worship. You know, at its mm-hmm. core, the worship of ancestors is about respect and for those who came before us. Um, and obviously some traditions believe that you must appease them, otherwise they can sort of screw you up in, in some right. way. Um, I will tell you, and, and this might be controversial, but I would say you take a chance and, and fulfill what you want to fulfill. I mean, I, I understand it might be embedded in a traditional background. And uh, again, I mean, it's a very uh, tough thing for me to say because it is so controversial but uh continue to pursue what you want because we you know in the end um you we are here to fulfill our own destiny whatever that is i mean you make up your destiny some people believe it's already pre-made some people don't but as far as i'm concerned we are working day to day and i think that perhaps uh, it might not be a bad idea to to just take a little bit of a chance and uh work a little bit past the tradition that tells you no 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 i i have to listen to my my um my ancestors it is you know it is you know a a a, a very hard thing to do so you'll you will have to soul search a little bit there i wish there was an easy answer to that right uh, but I think that if you sit with it for a while, I think it might come it might come to you exactly what you need to do. But me personally, if I was in a situation like that, yes, I'd be unsettled. I would feel it. I would understand. But in the end, you know, I can still honor those ancestors, but it is my life. Right. That's correct. Uh, does that answer your question, Brother Jack? Yeah, that answers. I appreciate that. Thank you. All right. We appreciate you, man. And we'll talk soon. All right, Brother Bal Cadman, I, I definitely appreciate your time. Um, and, again, if you have anything in closing, again, I just want to remind listeners before that, again, you, all the books that we're talking about, all Bal Cadman's works, again, you can go to his website, balcadman.com. Uh, it has links to all of his audio books, his books. Um, it's got links to his YouTube. Uh, he does have some posts on YouTube. He also has a newsletter you can sign up for and other services that he offers. Again, all that is on his website, balcadman.com, and obviously you can go on Amazon. His books are available in various uh, places in the Internet. Uh, so having said that, Brother Powell, uh, Bal Cadman, do you have uh, you know any last words before you uh, depart from us? Uh, yes. Uh, first of all, I want to you know, thank you for having me on this call. It was, it was amazing. I, I loved it, and I, I'm very honored that you would ask me. And like I said, this is my first live appearance. <laughs> oh, well, we uh, but I would like good. to say – no, that's great. And and listen, I'd definitely be open to coming back. Oh, um, anytime. Just, you so, just hit, hit us up. And we'll definitely, yeah, maybe you great. want to come back, you let us know. Cool, cool. Thank you. But in, in, in the end, I just wanted to say, you know, I feel that the goal of any occult work that we do is to help us find sort of a type of harmony in our life. And I, uh-huh. I say harmony because, you know, balance is bullshit. 
balance is bullshit. If you look at a balance, if you look, no, 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 listen, if you look at a balance scale, nothing is happening. Both sides right. are completely dead and static. That's correct. But harmony correct. is the goal. Harmony allows for dynamism between the different parts of our individuality. So uh, that, I feel, is really what the main goal of all occultism is, is to find har- harmony, not balance, because because a lot of people are like, oh, I need to balance. I said, no, balance right. is lifeless. You're right. Harmony Excellent. is the way to go. So that's okay. that's that's my, my closing comments. <laughs> I definitely appreciate it, uh, Brother Balcabinan, and definitely uh, we'll stay in contact, and definitely we definitely want to get you back on when your schedule permits. Uh, and again, thank you for taking time out of your schedule and spending some time with us and uh, enjoy the rest of your night and have a good weekend. Thank you. You too. Thank you all. Thank all you. Right. Bye. All right. Uh, well, again, we appreciate uh, Brother Bal Cadman coming on. And yeah, I guess that's uh, we could put that on the uh, the website. This is his first actual, uh, as he said, public appearance on any show. Um, very interesting uh, individual. I know some of y'all are familiar with his work, uh, familiar with his um, books that he's all. He's got a lot of books out. Um, uh, we we reached out to him to get him to come on the show because he's one of those he's one of those uh, individuals that goes under the radar uh, because he's not afraid. Number one, to tell it like it is. He touches on a lot a lot of subjects, uh, quote unquote that people would label taboo. I bring up one of his recent books, the Lilius book. If you don't have that, get that. Uh, I brought that up because, and, and I'm glad he touched on that and explained, there still is that taboo and that shame when it comes to those type of rituals that uh, some people fight with. So that's a good book if, if you're an individual that's struggling with, 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 with that aspect uh, as he was breaking down personal sexuality in the body. Uh, and, and, and I think when you read that book, he, he, he attacks it from a different perspective. And one, one thing that's, again, and you heard a lot, of, a lot of listeners that called in said the same thing. Uh, I think one thing that drew myself and a lot of people, and I know you too, Brother Ravana Noon, was the, the rituals are so simple. It's not, it's not complex. And, and as he said in the beginning of the show, there is a time, and we've said that a million times, there is a time where you go all out and do this elaborate ritual with all the trimmings. But there are some people that do kind of get caught up in that, and they think it always has to be elaborate. Look, man, you can do, you can do a ritual uh, after you just finished eating a turkey sandwich sitting at your table if you do it right. Uh, so if you really understand the power of it, um, it can be done effective, and, and it's all about fueling it with that mental intent. Um, but I think that's one thing that's unique about his work. Uh, I know that stood out to me when I first encountered it was the simplicity of it. And me, I'm about I, I, the simpler it is for me, the better. So sometimes I just ain't got time for all that shit. Uh, but he pretty much breaks it down in simplistic form. You don't need to be, you know, uh, in a, gu- a guru occultist for 25 years to carry out the ritual. And one thing he said, like he said, he's gathered it from different sources and his personal experiences. He's not, as he said, he's not laying claim, especially to the mantra work. Like he said, he's gone into a lot of the ancient texts. And, you know, extracted some of those mantras. Uh, if you go into his Chakra Mantra Magic uh, and all his other mantra books outside of Cali Mantra Magic, uh, you'll see that. Um, so very effective. Uh, so Brother Ravana Noon, I mean, we'll go back to the phones in a little bit, listeners. Uh, we're going to continue the show, second portion of the show. Uh, what, what's your thoughts, Brother Brother Ravana Noon? I know, I know he, he touched on a lot in a short period of time, but he said some, he said some very important shit. Well, personally, I think he was, Definitely on point. I mean, many of the things he said uh, resonated with us. Uh, we've said it 
many a times on this show. We've said it many a times on our YouTube pages. Um, it just basically was correct, uh, especially the last part he left the show with, balance. balance. Yep. We, hear, we hear balance all the time. Everybody's about balance. You got to have Matt and Matt this and Matt that. Exactly. And we basically addressed it on this show plenty of times. Balance is bullshit. It is definitely bullshit because balance, the, the, the idea of balance creates a comfortable state in your existence where you basically are doing nothing. You're right. basically in a stagnated situation and you're not growing. And with harmony, as he was saying, uh, the way he identified and said it, it was pretty much on point. It, it's, it's not... It's not a stagnated situation. It's a, uh, it's a, it's a, you know, it's a dynamic movement. It, there's constant movement and growth and change there. You understand? Correct. Correct. And that that's essential because when you're working the left hand path, especially the ancient comedic origin of the left hand path, you are seeking to constantly be in a dynamic, moving, fluctuating state to basically address all of your situations, your issues, your problems, your wounds, to transform. And he said it best. When you work in this magic, it should be a state of transformation, your inner transformation. You're transforming to something else and not just a transaction. Because I think what happens is that people get caught up in the transaction part of magic. Oh, I do magic for my job. I do magic for this or that. It's always some something for something. And mag- magic or sorcery should be moving to the point where it's not something for something, and it's really about you becoming better than you were the- yesterday. It's about mm-hmm. taking responsibility for your personal life and not blaming others, not blaming right. things outside of yourself, taking right. that responsibility to take a, 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 a strong stance on changing who and what you are. You know, we've, uh, Benita and I have had this conversation plenty of times throughout the week. We've had individuals come on the show. We've had, met individuals, and they get on the left-hand path, and they find all their strength, and they, they're quick to berate us, with all their strength. Oh, I found out I did this, and I'm naturally doing this, and I've been doing this all my life, and I've been doing this. I've been wiggling my toe, and, you know, I've been sticking fingers in assholes, and all this crazy shit that they've been doing all their life, right? But you never hear, oh, I'm fucked up. I have an anger problem. Yeah, I have an anger problem. I have an addiction problem. I have all these things. See, it's always this great, you know... Uh, part of myself people want to focus on, but that's not what the left-hand path is all about. It's about identifying your strengths and your weaknesses, taking those weaknesses and utilizing them to something that's not detrimental but can become beneficial for you. If you have an anger management issue, learn to channel that anger into something that can give you focus. Like if you're angry at yourself because of failures, that anger, if you learn how to focus it, can propel you to now succeed instead of fail again. You understand? But anger mismanaged and directed in in an unchanneled way 
can be detrimental. So you that's the difference. You have to learn that. Some people find out they're not a wife, a husband, or whatever. But then they run off the deep end and they become buck wild horny and fucking move everything. And and Bal Kevin even made mention, and we've said this on the show before. When you really get to this work and you identify this work, you actually become more selective in your sexuality than you probably were ever before the left hand path. Because now you understand the working, how the energy moves, what it moves, what you're trying to accomplish. You're not just going to put yourself out there like that. So individuals, right. you know, they'll, 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 oh, I'm, I'm not a husband or I'm not a wife, I'm not a boyfriend, I'm not a girlfriend. And then they think that that gives them an excuse to go right back to where they were before the left-hand path and wilding out, when in reality, you're not identifying, you just suck at relationships. You're a fucking failure at relationships. You need to identify that part about yourself that you cannot and are not a social person and we're not telling you that you should become social. What we're telling you is that you have to learn a fine line to socialize, but you can still be an individual and about yourself. Because there is times you're going to need social contact. You, right. There is times you're going to need um, interaction right. that's going to help you in key points. And Val Kamen addressed a lot of that that we've been saying for years, well, not years, but a year and a half or so on this show. But he is in general. But one thing I thought was, was, was I'm glad he broke down the sound mind, sound body, and embracing the darkness. And that, you know that's something. That's that's probably one of the, the core things we talk about consistently. Yeah. I'm going to make uh, a shirt know. like that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and and, and that's key. And, and one thing, you know, to the guests that we bring on, they all they all have that rooted in, in the foundation. You can't progress on this path until you embrace your personal darkness. Uh, and all the aforementioned things you're talking about ties into that. And, and that's critical because people always say, where do I start? Where do I begin? And we don't, we don't keep repeating it over and over because it just sounds nice to say. It starts with addressing the bullshit. I mean, how many times, how many times does that need to be said? Because if you're not, you know, if you haven't adjusted yourself, prepared yourself, or got yourself in the right frame of mind and body, how can you even attempt to proceed and do any successful working when you're just masking that up with, with, with a bunch of shit. Um, now, the other thing I think was unique, and, and if you look, when you look at Bal Cadman's work, he's not stuck in one particular area. That's, that's the main thing that I think I resonated with him. If you look at his books and his work, he's not caught in one specific tradition, system of magic. I mean, he pretty much, he's everywhere uh, as far as, you know, what he deals with. Uh, very diverse. I mean, he'll deal with one aspect and I'm glad you bring up the question about the jinns and some of the Eastern mysticism. For those that will be coming to the ritual on the 28th, you're going to get a little more, uh, you know, flavor on that. Uh, that's something we've been dealing with for well over 20-something years. Um, and that has an intensity in it itself, but it's shunned upon, especially in, as you said, in those traditions and cultures and being from that background, uh, it's definitely shunned upon. Uh, but you'll see him, you'll, you'll, be, you'll see him so diverse to the point where he's dealing with Eastern mysticism, then he'll shift it, you know, as he said, to Sumerian or Akkadian or Babylonian type of information. Then he'll go over to the Dravidian or the Hindu stuff and deal with Kali. And I bring that up because that is an aspect or an attribute, I believe, and I don't say belief in a religious sense, I believe everybody needs to inherit at some point in this path. You cannot be limited, number one, in your way of thinking, 
You cannot get comfortable. Let me say this. This is very important. Never get comfortable. I, I find the other problem is people gravitate to a specific system and they get so comfortable with it. The reason why I say that is, is because then it becomes religious again because you, get, yeah. because, you, because you like it. And I get it. We all, there's all certain things we like, and there's certain shit in, in this path that you, you can't stand. It doesn't even serve any purpose. Um, it's, to me, it's about experimenting, as he said, and you heard him say uh, a couple different times, you heard him say, sometimes it's about taking a chance. And we, we've worded it, and you've said it a million times, Brother Rabano. sometimes you've got to let some of yourself go to get some of yourself back. And I don't think people understand, sometimes, some people, not all, uh, don't understand that concept. And part of, part of staying sharp on this path is not getting comfortable. Don't get locked into any one specific system because then you become complacent. Because like, we, we know in dealing with this for years, some people, uh, they're, they're just engulfed in the Egyptian comedic thing. There's some people that are exclusively, you know, they, they fall in love with the ancestral worship thing. Uh, some people will fall in love with, you know, Babylonian magic, et cetera. Uh, you should never do that. I'm, tell, I'm telling from experience because it, it limits your growth. Um, just go with the flow uh, and always be open to experiencing things um, because this is where, and, and I'm, I'm 100% in agreement, and I know you are, Brother Ravana. You might, let's, let's touch on this. He, and you can see all throughout his works, he, he definitely is anti-tradition, anti, uh, and I'm glad because, I want to elaborate a little bit more on sometimes in certain circles, it's hard to draw that line where tradition is separated from religion because, you know, when we came up in IFA, you know, back in, you know, a while back in the day, uh, I started to see, and that's one thing that led me to, to gravitate away from the IFA traditions is the shit just started to become religious. You know what I mean? It, you know, you can't do this. You have to do that. Got to do this. This needs to be done. So let's talk a little bit about where some people can get confused between the line of tradition and when that tradition becomes a religious. Let's talk a little bit about that. Sure. Hi, this is, this is fun. This is a fun one because um, <laughs> many times when it becomes a tradition, all right, let's say, someone's fairly new to the left-hand path, and one of the first um, things they made connection with was Kali, okay? And they do an investigation of Kali. And, you know, you should do an investigation, read up and study and identify with what Kali really represents. But then here's when it becomes tradition. Now you read all these things, and then you start thinking that you have to do exactly all these things everybody has done to worship Kali mm. for years. That's right. See, now, now you're back where you were at the beginning. You just left Christianity and became Hindu, so to speak, um, right. or, you know, a tantric master, because now you're back at worship again, and you're doing the worship of Kali in the way that the Hindu practitioners have done for hundreds of years. And it's good to do research, but then that research can become tradition because now you're adapting everybody else's ways and not creating your way. And Bal Cameron specifically just said he went into the text, he saw how difficult and how complex some of these rituals and, and mantras and things were, and he you said, yo, if we just simplify this shit, it That's may right. work just as effectively. You That's understand? Right. So this is this is when tradition 
I mean, when people start giving back into tradition, or for example, um, they came to the left-hand path, and they came, we did a, a few shows, um, Baun Samdi, Baron Samdi, um, and then they came to the ritual. And then now they're knee-deep into Baun Samdi, Baron Samdi, that they've, they've basically become a voodoo practitioner now. Now, in a sense, no, that's not wrong. But what we're saying is when you get stuck in any one thing, you're back at square one to becoming religious or traditional again because as a sorcerer, especially a sorcerer on the left-hand path, you utilize anything and everything that is beneficial for your growth, but you do not allow yourself to get stuck in any one thing. Because once you get stuck in any one thing, you're back to being a practitioner of that one thing, which in a sense makes you back on the path of religion. You understand? So about, you can utilize anything you want. You could utilize um, Sith, the, the Sith concept from Star Wars. You could utilize uh, concepts from Lord of the Rings movie. You could utilize anything you want to enhance your growth and your development. But once you make it into a tradition or a religion, you're stuck again within the confines of dogma, the confines of tradition, the confines of good and evil, what's right or wrong, and you basically did all the work for nothing because now you're back at the same beginning point, confining yourself within a box, that box comes with a nice little wrapper, and that little wrapper makes it look all nice and pretty and adorned for, you know, for your gazing view. But you just confine yourself back into this neat little cubby hole, and there's no room for growing outside of that. Left-hand path is a philosophy, a philosophy on how to live your life. And you utilize any system of sorcery, magic, whatever you want to call it, that can be beneficial for your growth to you eventually become the creator of your own system of magic or sorcery that you can utilize continuously for your growth. So when you look at, let's say, Bal Cadman, you see the books and things he's written, in essence, that's what he's done. He's become his own creator on the left-hand path of his own system, and others have adapted some of that, and they've seen the benefits of that. But like he said, he keeps it moving. I mean, he, we say this all the time on the show. He keeps it moving. He didn't stay just there. He's still going to come out with newer things, newer text, newer books and information because he doesn't feel that he wants to just limit his growth to one thing. It's always dynamic. You're always moving, growing. You understand? Today, right now, myself, Ravana I could be, let's say, on Sithism, dealing with the Sith. Tomorrow, I could be in Peru, chilling with a shaman and, 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 and trying out some concepts from there. Why would I limit myself to one thing? Because this vast planet we live on has information that you can find anywhere to utilize for your growth. You there? Hello?
Hello. Well, I don't know. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Yeah. What the hell happened, nigga? Nah, something, <laughs> something, something going on. I, 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 I'm in there under my screen name, but I had to call in. That's me, New York City, New York. I don't know what happened. I'm still logged in on the call. I got disconnected, and I tried to call back. And I, if I hang that up, it's gonna kill the whole call. But anyway, uh, I had to call back in under this. Uh, but anyway, sorry about that. That's that demon energy, brother. That demon integration, yeah. brother. <laughs> yes, I I don't know what happened, but I'm still. You see me at the top there, but that's actually me right above you, New York City, New uh, New York. Um. Anyway, I, what I, what I wanted to back up was something that you said a minute ago. And again, we apologize to the listeners for that little uh, technical problem we just had. I don't know what that was. First time this shit ever happened. Um. I think the key was something that we 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 were just talking about a couple of minutes ago. We something we talk about continuously. Creating your own path. And I get these emails all the time, whether it's through the YouTube channel, through the radio show, uh, just running into people. Um, you know, how do I go about or what should I do? Or, and, and to me, when they're asking it in that regards, what, what, I, what I tend to, get to see what the problem with that is, is there is no manual. You've got to get out of your mind. There is no one correct way. There is no specific manual that you can go to that's going to say, all right, here's the manual for the occult and this is how you should proceed. I think what's, what's unique about the whole, the whole scenario when you look at it as a whole, and, and as Brother Bal Cabinet was talking about earlier, uh, and as you just mentioned a few minutes ago, that's what this is about. It's about creating your own path. That's what makes it unique, creating it for yourself. So if, if we went down the list, everybody, uh, you know, that's, that, that you run into, everybody that's listening to the show right now or everybody that's on this path, the, the, the process is not going to be the same for everybody. So you can't do that. So you can do that with other systems because when other systems are shrouded with restrictions and rules and certain protocols, then, yeah, there, there's, there's going to be that set format of, of quote-unquote, how you're supposed to do things. But, see, on this path, and, again, I mean, he whatever title you want to give it, left-hand path, uh, comedic origin of ancient Egypt is what we like to say to eliminate all that false uh, uh, mythology on it. Um, what's unique about this path is you create it as you go along. 
So you you got to approach it. You can't you can't try to pre-plan it. See, and that's what that's the other problem I see with a lot of people, whether it comes to ritualistic work, whether it comes to uh, their experiences on this path. They're trying to pre-plan it before they even set out to experience it. And I keep telling people, you ruin the experience when you're trying to figure it all out before you do it. Um, we see this in the ritual um, with, I can't remember his name. He actually contacted me, the Haitian brother. Uh, he'll actually be at this, uh, the ritual on the 28th. Um, I can't remember his name. But anyway, he, he admitted it. He came up to me after one of the rituals, and he said, uh, you know, that was his problem. He was, you know, the fear set in, the fear of the unknown I'm talking about. And he became stiff as a board. I remember at the first two rituals he came to, and I remember I told him, I said, man, look, you need, to, you need to let that energy loose. You need to let it go because you're fighting it, you're suppressing it, and you're holding it down. Um, and he admitted it, and it took him a minute to reflect on it. He's like, you're right. And then the following month he came to the next ritual. It was like seeing a whole different person. And I asked him, I said, you know, what was the difference? You know, what? Because obviously you had a, a, a whole different experience at this one. What was the difference? He said, you know what? And it kind of ties into what Bal Cadman said earlier. Sometimes you just, you've got to take a chance and experiment. He said, you know what, I came to this one, which, fuck it, I wasn't even trying to think about it too hard. I wasn't, I wasn't trying to uh, process everything and, and, and try to, you know, figure it out. He said, I just came, cleared my mind, you know, sat there, and, and, and just enjoyed the experience. And it's that simple sometimes. Some motherfuckers got to be too deep. Some people are too deep for themselves. You understand what I'm saying? You know, they're always trying to break shit down and figure it out, and they know the inside angle to it, and they, their perspective is so much deeper than everybody else's. And, again, and I think the key to this, man, the more you simplify it, I think the better the results you get. Again, there are times, and we've done it, and those that have, that have been around us have seen, we can get elaborate in certain rituals, like the one coming up is going to be a little more elaborate, involves a little more details. Uh, so this is a different type of ritual. Um, but the effectiveness, of it, the effectiveness of it does not really change because the reason why I say the effectiveness of it does not really change, I'm saying that because you've got to go back to the intent. What is the intent for carrying out a ritual? You always got to be clear and focused on your intent because if you're just doing a ritual for the sake of just doing a fucking ritual, uh, again, then we are back to the original point of religious uh, methodology. But real quick before I forget, just want to make the announcements that I couldn't make in the beginning of the show because we wanted to get right to Balcadman because our time was limited. Uh, the cutoff date for the ritual is the 22nd. I've heard from a lot of you. Uh, we got emails. We do have a list. I just want to make this clear. I don't want nobody to get upset. If you do not put your name on the list and show up, you're not going to be able to participate. And it's, not, it's because of preparation. It's nothing personal, but you know there's always one that uh, tends to, uh, you know, try to push the envelope. This is very important. So I'm making the announcement for the final time today. I will send a text out to everybody that's on the list, reminding them over the next day or two. Uh, but Saturday the 22nd, is the final day you can put yourself on that list um, because we have to have everything prepared because um, then we're less than a week out from the ritual. So I just want to make that clear. If you are planning it, well, first of all, if you don't know by the 22nd and you're not coming, uh, you would know by now, especially if you got to travel. But we just want to make it clear. Uh, if you 
Saturday the 22nd is the last day after that. Um, we're not taking any more people on the list. Again, I have received and responded back, whether people have emailed me or texted me. Uh, some of you all have reached out to Brother Yehuda. Um, we do have everybody. We have everybody that's made contact with him, we do have you on the list. Um, but if you are planning to attend and you have not officially contacted either myself, Brother Yehuda, emailed us or whatever, uh, do that, please, either sometime tonight, tomorrow, or before Saturday uh, so we can get things finalized. Uh, and, again, the reason why, just so people understand, it's not personal. Uh, we need an X amount of, of, of um, supplies for the ritual. Now, we also want to pass this on. We are... We are suggesting people wear a black robe if you do have a black robe. Um, not mandatory, but we are preferring for this ritual, if you do have a ritualistic black robe, to wear that. Uh, if you do not, I want to make this clear, very important. If you do not have a black robe, if you are a male, you must be wearing black slacks and a black shirt, not a T-shirt, nothing with writing on it, no shorts, no jeans. I just want to make that crystal clear. That was in the text. I will send it out throughout the week leading up to the ritual. If you do not have a black robe or you do not have time to get a black robe, if you are a male, I want to say it again, black slacks, a black shirt. If you are a female and you don't have a black robe, you can wear uh, a black dress. Uh, you can wear black dress slacks with a, with a, with a blouse, uh, et cetera, whatever. Just as long as it's all solid black and it's, I mean, you ain't, you ain't, you ain't got to be all formal. But we don't want to come for this ritual casual, no jeans, no T-shirts, no shorts, okay, no shorts. If you come in shorts, you will be asked to leave. Um, there's reasons for that. You'll find, you'll, you'll find out afterwards. Um, so I want to be clear on the dress code. And step one in carrying out a collective group ritual is what? Following instructions, which a lot of us have problems with. Not, not restrictive instruction, just basic instruction, okay? Um, all right, I see Brother Seth. Got your drum fixed. Good, because we're going to need that. Um, so I want to be clear on the dress code, um, and that ritual will be taking place on Friday, April uh, 28th. If I fuck up dates, man, please catch me. I got so much shit running through my head right now, shit going on. Uh, that's going to be Friday, April 28th, 7.30 p.m., uh, Cultural Expressions in Hollywood, Florida. Uh, some of you all have gotten the flyer already. You have all the information, so I'm going to say I'm not going to waste time talking about that. If you do not have the flyer information and you want to attend, you can email us here at the radio show, khnum19 at gmail.com, and we will get that information over to you ASAP. Uh, the following night, we'll be teaching on Heka and Egyptian black magic. That's going to be at Sophia's Garden, 7.30 p.m., uh, free. Both, both events are free. Um, we do also want to let the group know, because we do have people coming from out of state, uh, we will be afterwards, after the ritual, we will be going out to eat, more than likely, uh, probably the same spot we went to last time. Uh, anybody is, is, is welcome to join us. Uh, uh, we we kind of kick it afterwards, have a little fun, kick back. Uh, but please, after the ritual is over, no more spiritual shit. I just want to make that crystal clear, because... After last time, some people were coming up to it. Hey, man, no, no, that's over. Leave that inside the ritual chamber. After the ritual is over, it's time to kick back and chill. I personally, after a ritual, the last thing I want to talk about is anything spiritual. I'm bringing that out now because I just want to make that clear. After the ritual is over, I'm trying to chill. I'm trying to eat, hang out, kick it. I ain't trying to get in deep conversation about spirituality. Uh, there's a reason for that. Um, 
So anybody is 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 more than welcome to join us after the event on Friday night. Uh, we stay out for a while, so if you got if you got a curfew, you might want to not uh, you know come with us because it's it's, it's going to be for a little bit. Uh, but anyway, uh, that's that's going to be after the event. Um, and again, anybody's welcome to join us uh, for that afterwards. Uh, so that's 28th and 29th. I uh, do want to, again, uh, everybody that sh- uh, came out last uh, weekend to the beach for the drumming, I know it was a little windy out there, uh, elements. Uh, we made the best of it. Uh, we will continue the regular drumming on the beach uh, in the middle for the middle of the month. That will continue. Uh, next one will probably be scheduled second or third week in May. i got to look at the calendar. Uh, that's something we'll do once a month, and that's an open event for anybody to come. That's for an entire family. You can bring children. Yes, it doesn't matter. Uh, we kind of just hang out, play drums, and enjoy the beach, and you know, people just talking bullshit. Uh, but it's it's a, it's a good thing. So we'll be doing that again next month. Uh, look out for the fly for that. All right, having said that, so let's uh, you know, maybe uh, let's run to the phone. Uh, maybe take some more calls on some other callers that we uh, could not uh, plug in early. And again, I apologize. Uh, had no control over that. I couldn't get everybody. Uh, we'll definitely get Val Cadman back on. I know some of y'all had some questions for him. I, uh, again, due to the time restriction, uh, it was going to be impossible to, to get everybody plugged in. That's why I was saying for as many people to get here early, because um, I believe right now he is actually traveling, so that's why he was kind of limited on his time. So uh, maybe the next time when we get him to come on, he, he might have a little more time and be uh, home back in New York. And um, we'll be able to maybe keep him for the full two hours uh, schedule permitting. I believe he's out in Arizona, if I'm not mistaken. Um, anyway, all right, let's go. Let's go back to the calls. Let's. Uh, I'm gonna go right in order here. Um, let me see who I missed. All right, let's let's bring in. Let's just. Uh, Dark Abyss Goddess one on the call. Do you have any questions or comments? Hello. Hello, how you doing? You on the call? Can you hear me? We can hear you um, loud and clear. All right, yeah. I didn't really have any questions tonight. It was a good show, so I just okay. had comments more than anything. Sure. Um, okay. I mean, he hit on a lot of points. You guys hit on a lot of points. And right. um, I guess, like, some of the things that stuck out for me were the transformational versus the transactional um, and uh, the sound body and mind. That was good. Right. And also channeling the energy to something productive. So for right. me, um, the transformational, I'm I'm really experiencing that. I mean, I got mm-hmm. I was getting caught up in the transactional of uh, that um give me this, give me that, you know, kind of phase. But um the transformational um has been really transcendental cool. in a lot of areas in my life. Um and then the sound mind and body, I just for me that that's something that I guess I had to be really careful with. Because right. so much was changing so quickly that, um, you, you know, at some points I felt like, you know, I was losing control of things. Okay. But, um, so one of the issues that I was having was channeling that energy to something okay. like that. So well, that's good. Me, uh, that, yeah. No, no, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I mean, that's just something that I'm learning to do now. And so, okay. um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Well, that's good. That's good. Um, just a uh, lady mystic uh, types in hello. I'm just just letting you know that she just typed in hello. Hey, uh, girl. <laughs> so I forward that over. No, but that's good, and 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 I'm glad you bring up too. And we can't negate the importance of that. I'm glad you bring up the sound mind, sound body. And again, if, if people tuned in late and didn't hear that part uh, earlier, 
anybody that always asks me where do, where do I begin, and I'll simply just say a self inventory. That's it. Just just simply analyze yourself and start there. Um, but again, the very the, the very fact that you can bring that up. That's that's always uh you know step one, but I think we all struggle with that, and we we all continue to struggle with that because uh, the things that we deal with on a regular basis obviously is going to affect that. Uh, but definitely, we definitely appreciate you calling in, tuning in, um, and I'll be you out at the beach uh, Saturday, so we definitely appreciate you coming out for that. Um, and thanks for listening. Yeah, that was nice. All right, thanks. Peace. All right, peace. All right, and, and again, I mean, if you go back to some of the old shows. Uh, you can go back to the very beginning. We've always talked about that, uh, dealing with your darkness. Uh, and I'm glad Bal Cadman talked about it. Uh, you heard the last caller bring it up. you got to start there. There's, just, there's no getting around it. Because let's give an example. Say you, you were a, a Muslim or a Buddhist or whatever, you, you, and you were engulfed in that faith, all right? And you got some issues that you've been dealing with. And then you leave that and you're going to go to something else because you create the illusion that it's going to make all that go away. It's going to make it all better. And you heard, I don't know if you caught it, Brother Ravon, you probably heard him say towards the end, Brother Bal Cadman, he used the same phrase we use, you know, you know, with resistance leads, you know, to more persistence. So if yep. it, you heard him say it, and we say that all the time. Yep. If you ignore your bullshit, it's just going to get stronger. And you heard what he said. If you're not in the sound mind and sound body and you go into that darkness, he used the same term he said, it brings it everything up to a boiling point uh, to the surface. And you can't get around it. I don't care, you know, what you think you know. I've had to learn that lesson a hard way. Um, many people that I've talked to have. Um, and when we, use the, when we say this, we don't just say uh, it to, in, in a way to frighten people. Um, we always say this to brand new spank. I'm not talking about uh, people that have some level of conscious and, consciousness and experience. Um, let me give you an example. There, there's an individual, uh, it's a Latino brother that I'm dealing with right now, who came from a strict Catholic background. I'm talking about strict, fanatical Catholic background. Uh, I've been dialoguing with him, trying to help him. Um, he's now in, you know, studying the occult, starting to practice the occult, but he's being ostracized by his family. Uh, I mean, literally, they're tearing him apart because now he's looked at as like an incarnation of the devil. They think he's like the devil, literally, when I say that. Uh, and the problem is, is he's now realized what's causing the conflict between him and his family. He's realized with all that suppression of them forcing him to be this, quote, unquote, good. He's about 23, 24 years old. So he's young, but he's he's an adult. And. With all that suppression of the, I mean, they forced him to be super religious Catholic. You understand, you know, going to church regularly, he had to keep all the sacraments. I'm talking about super strict. He realized that it fucked him up to the point where it just, it just buried all the bullshit because he could never be himself. He could never really address issues he had. He could never really address shit that he had on his mind. And this was brought on by his parents. Um, Long story short, it's been a battle for him, but at the same time, the word, quote-unquote, that he used to me was as, as tough as a battle and a personal war that he's fighting within himself, it's been rewarding at the same time because he feels like a, a ton of bricks has been lifted off his shoulders because it, it made him realize he was in denial about a lot of shit. And I bring that up because 
That is so important. I can't stress. I mean, you can't. I can't even put a, a level of importance on that shit. That is very important because if he would just have came into this path, left Catholicism, and and just wanted to jump into this and play super spiritual guru, that's gonna fuck him up even more. So he realized that before he proceeds forward, that he's fighting a lot of these internal battles, you know. And you know, I, I try to give him as much as encouragement as I can. I tell him, look, man, it's not gonna happen in one day. That's the other thing I want to stress to people. It's not gonna. This is not a fix-all that's going to happen in a day or two or a month. Sometimes some people just tap in quicker. They get results, you know, right away. There's some people that got to work at it ten times harder because what's blocking them is a lot of that shit that they're not dealing with, so it tends to become a little bit more of a struggle. Uh, There's some people that, you know, they pace themselves. There is no time frame for it. Um, But with this particular individual, and I'm using him as an example, uh, the show, he, 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 he never really realized that he never stopped and took an inventory himself. Let me give you an example without putting, I'm not going to put too much of his personal business and I keep the name private. Um, he realized, I brought up, honestly, and I'm going to be honest with the listeners, I brought up the sexual thing because it, it, it was in reference to a situation he was dealing with because that's very taboo in, in Catholicism. There's certain things you can't talk about. Um, and he realized that he had sexual hangups. Because of Catholicism and because of the way his, his family had all of these strong restrictions. So, obviously, a book like Lilith Magic and dealing with sex magic is like, you know, forget it for that, individuals that are on that mindset. Um, but anyway, not to draw too much on it, but I use that as an example. You have to approach it on that level. And that's part, when we say that this is transformational, Okay, not transformational in a religious sense, but transformational in a change sense. Uh, I want to something you want to add to that, Brother Yvonne, and then we'll, we'll, we'll finish up and take a few calls. Uh, you said it all, brother. All right. All right, so what we'll do is we'll, 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 we're going to finish up with a couple more calls, and uh, we'll, we'll, we'll wrap this thing up. Let me see if I can grab a few more calls that we couldn't get earlier. And, then again, you can comment on uh, or question on something about Cadman talked about earlier. Or if there's something else you want to ask a question on or make a comment on, uh, feel free. Uh, so the next call that I got, it just says uh, Florida. Anybody there from Florida? Florida. Anybody there from Florida? Going once, going twice, going three times. Hey, Texas Tree Hugger, stay on. We see you. We see you. you you're, you're going to be last, so be patient. Um, all right, nobody there from Florida. All right, this one says Southwest Florida. Anybody on from Southwest Florida? I hear somebody. Anybody there from Southwest Florida? Southwest Florida. Can you hear me? I guess they can't hear me. I was about to Southwest Florida. One, going twice, going three times. Okay, nobody there from Southwest Florida. All right, let's see if we can plug in. This one just says uh, Southeast Missouri. Anybody there from Southeast Missouri? Hey, Beniti, Lavana, what's up? This is Lucia. What's up, Lucy? How you doing? I'm doing good. Um, I really enjoyed tonight's show. That was. Uh... Did you? Did you? I'm sorry. Before you start, did you just get my message? I, I saw you just asked me about the list. Yeah, I did. I okay. Did. Yeah, you're on the list. I just wanted to let you know. I sent. I just sent. I just sent you something. So yeah, yeah you're on the list. Check, Cause like I'm not about to come all the way down there, and you guys are like, well, you weren't on the list. Nah, no, 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 no. I had put you on the list originally because I knew you, you had already committed to coming, so you were already on there before you just sent what you just sent. But I just want to let you know. Yeah, I hate to see you come all the way from St. Louis. I would suck ass. 
Yeah. Like the first uh, time Lady was... Mystic. Lady Mystic's giving you a shout out too, man. Just, just, just. Yeah, yeah we. Yeah, she a lifesaver. A little bit. Yeah. <laughs> All right, what you got for us? Um, just yo, like a lot of the stuff you were saying, I was resonating with. Like, just so much of it. And I spoke with you guys last week about, you know, the more I return to myself, it's just like, mm-hmm. I'm really at the point where, you know, he said, fuck balance. It's just like, you're just juggling shit and juggling shit and juggling shit, and you just got to come over here and do this sometimes. Right. I don't know. I guess I'm getting better at multitasking everything and knowing that when shit goes left, it's like, okay, what the fuck am I going to do to alleviate that and then turn around? I'm, I'm not freaking out so much anymore. That's right. I'm realizing I have more control of myself. Mm-hmm. And I know how to and, and things a lot quicker than before. Let's talk about your situation real quick before we let you go. Uh, when you came to the uh, ritual back in uh, February, uh, maybe tell the listeners that didn't hear you talk about it the last time we had brought it up. Um, share briefly, and again, you ain't got to get long-winded about it, but share briefly, uh, again, when uh, I'm liking it to the Haitian brother, uh, when you first came in, if you can kind of maybe create a visual of the emotions and the thoughts that were going through your mind uh, and, you know, how you kind of approached it and how you absorbed it and, and kind of maybe share briefly what changed as things progressed. I think that would be good for uh, maybe listeners that didn't hear you talk about it uh, last time. Um, the, the main thing is, is I went in there. I didn't really know what to expect. I just told myself to be open. When I got there, I started to overanalyze. But then as it went along, I had uh, some a lot of deep emotions I didn't realize were still mm-hmm. inside of me from a lot of stuff I felt like, oh, I, I, you know you know how you say you clear your bullshit, and it right. doesn't affect you no more. But <laughs> I had to sit down. I was actually crying because I had so much emotional mm-hmm. baggage that was so mm-hmm. deep down in there. And I knew where it came from. I was like, holy shit. Right. I had to sit down and recoup for a minute. But after that, it kind of just flowed. Like after that, right. it, it felt good to let that go. And after that. After I cried and everything, see, I'm getting emotional now. I can still. It's like I'm right mm. back there in that moment. After I felt it leaving go, then it was like, it felt good to let go. It felt good right. to get all that out the way. And then you guys are talking right. about how almost overnight, instantly, after um, I went back home and I caught a flight back home and everything, I went to go visit some of my family members and things had like, it was almost, there was, that was like the first time I had been around them, there was no tension. There was no fighting. There was no fussing. No one was attacking me. I was just like, "Yo, this is this is crazy." Because when I went in, when I went in there, it was just like, "I need to heal myself and clear myself." I wanted to bring my family closer back together. I know strangers. It sounds as much as they've hurt me. No. I know that nah, they don't have that. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. I know that they didn't Remember. know any better, and I think right. me releasing part of that too had a great effect on it too. Like that tension I was carrying mm-hmm. as well. It wasn't just them. It was me. Right. But remember, we talked about we talked about a couple of weeks ago. There's one aspect of ancestral worship that people don't focus on. And remember, we referred to the black ship. Remember, don't. That's a good thing. You you just made a powerful statement. I don't know if people missed it. Like, why would you want to have that? You know that that healing process with family and knowing that they treated you so fucked up. Remember, part of yeah, but 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 know this though. Part of ancestral worship is healing those quote-unquote metaphoric wounds because here let me give you another example that's dealing with family that's living but remember we had talked about a few weeks back i'm glad you bring this shit up because i we got some questions and emails on this what people fail to understand is here's a good question that somebody had posed 
well, what if I come from a lineage of people that my whole family was fucked up? Say, you know, living and deceased. And say the ones that you're mentioning deceased, say this individual was mentioning deceased route and they were fucked up. He said, why would I want to connect with ancestral people of my bloodline that I know were fucked up and that were not right or did fucked up things or whatever? Because you helped heal them. Correct. That's important. You help bring that awareness to them, too. It's kind of like they, 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 as much as your awareness grows, it's like it spreads by blood. Just like I Correct. said, I used to struggle before with, um, you know, bring, being brought up in Native American culture and uh, people always holding it above my head that I'm half <laughs> or making sure that I knew that all the time and how that my ancestral spirits came to me in my dreams and told me they don't care if I'm half mm-hmm. and I'm here. I got the same blood they got. And to me, that made a big difference in my life. I began to right. be able to move through a lot of things that I was holding kind of deep mm-hmm. inside myself that was hindering me. Holy shit, something touching me. Whoa, 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 whoa. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> but no, that's okay. But yeah, I'm, I'm I'm glad you bring it up, and I'm that's that's the point that I was that I was trying to get to, and I hope people, if you do, if ancestral worship is part of your spiritual work, you should also approach it with that in mind, not just the. The, the external trimmings of it, uh, you definitely want to approach it with that amendment, that healing process, because it, it does have that powerful effect. So uh, definitely appreciate you sharing that with us, and I know we're going to see you in exactly eight days. So hey, we def- I'm excited. Yeah, we'll definitely see you. Uh, Lady Mystic, I know we're going to see you in a few days, uh, and others that are traveling. I uh, would definitely appreciate you tuning in, and as usual, appreciate your feedback. All right. Good night. You got it. Uh, oh, here's a good question uh, typed in in the chat. Um, guest 13 types in, do you think magical orders with degrees are relevant in this day and age? Uh, I think I think personally that's on the individual. That's just my take on it. I don't know if you, uh, Ravon, when I'm done, if you want to add something to this. Um, I think certain orders, though, are structured in the sense that the degree system maybe only might help in the sense of absorbing and learning. Um, let me give you an example. Uh, the Masonic Lodge, for an example. Myself and Brother Ravana Noon, uh, back when we went through the Masonic Lodge, uh, we did at the time what they call a raising, which is taking the three degrees of the Blue House in the same night, which is entered apprentice, uh, fellow craft, and master mason. Uh, I don't really think that that's productive because I think it's too much personally for one individual to maybe absorb in one evening that we was in there for shit. How long was that, brother? About 13, 14 hours, I'm going to say, roughly 18 hours. hours. Now, I I say this because it depends on the the lodge, the the esoterical order, the, the, the spiritual system that you're going through as far as if a degree system is necessary. Um, I'm bringing that up as an example because I think in that scenario, I think it would be more beneficial for the practitioner that's trying to learn something. Um, I think it's really just personal. Is it really? I don't think anything is necessary. I think it's just personal for the individual. That's up to the individual. I, you know, where I'm at, I can only speak for myself, and Brother Obama can only speak for himself. Uh, I don't feel any of that shit is necessary where I'm at in this point. But I think if you're starting out on a path and you may be still experimenting and, 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 and experiencing, I think uh, initiatory systems that have initiatory rituals, I think degrees are helpful only in the sense of giving the individual time to absorb the, the information and let it sink in, kind of be able to put it in perspective before they go on. Um, so only, only in that light, because like an example, a lot of lodges have done away 
um, with the raisings because they found that it's not really effective. Now, it depends what kind of lodge you go through because the initiations do have a physical aspect to it, uh, and we went through that. Uh, I mean, that the lodge at that time and the type of lodge that we went through, we got our ass beat because there's a lot of hazing uh, involved in some of those rituals. Not all lodges do it, so I just want to be crystal clear. Not all Masonic lodges do it. You'll tend to see more so in the European lodges, they don't really do the physical aspect. But if you go through a uh, black melanated lodge, you better be prepared because they're going to test you on all levels, physically, mentally, and spiritually. And, man, we were doing all types of shit, push-ups till we couldn't do push-ups no more, puking. And uh, it's kind of not much different, the physical part, if you go through a college fraternity. There is the hazing level of it. Um, and you have to understand, the may- part of that is to bring you to your lowest point uh, just to see how much you can endure and overcome. So I bring that up only in the sense of I do think a degree system is appropriate in certain scenarios. I know looking back on how me and Brother Ravana Noon, and shout out to Brother Curly, who's, who's not here, but Curly was in that group with us, a good brother of ours, a uh, few other brothers I can't recall. Uh, and let me give you an example. In that group, and you remember this, Ravana Noon, there was a Marine uh, and Duma 730, I know, I know you was there during that time. You know what I'm talking about. I see he just typed in. Uh, in our group, we had this dude. I'll never forget this shit. This dude was a Marine, and, you know, he's fucking chiseled head to toe. You know, he had the whole muscle thing going on. I'm like, oh, this motherfucker, he ain't going to have no problem going through. You know, he's, he's all cut. And, man, he turned out to be the biggest pussy I ever met in my life. Um, in, bet- <laughs> in between the first and second degree, he, he quit. And depending on what type of lodge you go through, if you quit, you got to start all over again when you come back. It's not like you can quit and pick up where you left off. Uh, you know, at that time, they gave us a break and a rest in between each degree. But if you're not a mentally and a physically strong-willed person, uh, I don't think taking three degrees in, in uh, one night is really productive for an individual because it could be traumatizing. Uh, let me just tell you this. I shit olive oil and kernels probably for 24 hours. Uh, couldn't sit down, uh, probably it, it, just a lot of shit you go through to test your willpower. And my, my whole thing is if, if you're a person that's easily pissed off, I'm, I'm not going to lie, that's, that's not a degree system you'd want to go through. Um, it takes a lot of discipline. It takes a lot of patience. So in that case, I, yeah, I would think a degree system is important. Now what, what you're going to find in a lot of Masonic lodges and military lodges are real tough. I've heard horror stories in those lodges, and I know actually a couple brothers that went through those lodges. Um, A lot of them have done away with it. They do one degree at a time in that sense. Now, if you get into, like, say, the Rosicrucian order, the Martinists, I think some of that shit you can absorb on a multitude level, um, which, you know, I've gone through that being a 10th degree Rosicrucian as we speak right now, uh, third degree OTO which is ritualistic and initiatic, that I think you need to go through a degree system. Long story short, not to keep beating a dead horse, it just depends on, to me, the system that you're going through. I don't know if you want to add something to that. In your experience, Brother Robin, and I'm sure yeah, you're probably going to have a take on that. I'm just going to say this. Um, it depends on the individual and what they're seeking. Some individuals need a more structured format in order to um, retain any knowledge, wisdom uh, for their understanding, and others are more sol- uh, more 
solitude based where they just figure it out on their own. Right. But the key thing is for your experience, if you want to know what a Freemasonic Lodge is, what a uh, magical order would be like, for your experience, I would say, yes, do it if that's what you're seeking. Um, only for the experience to find out how it works, how right. it's governed, how it's structured, how the discipline may help you with your degrees and studying overall in your life. Yes, for those things, do it, but uh, not for some miraculous answer or some super hyper secret that you never obtain. No. Um, because every order is different and, and it depends on the individual and if you resonate with an order, find out. Don't be like other people who claim, oh, Freemasonry is uh, Illuminati or uh, this and that. Is, is, it's always some conspiracy theory. Find out for yourself from the inside out so you gain the experience and you have the understanding and the knowledge and the wisdom so that you can, um, you know, expand your own consciousness, expand your own understanding that can better be able to um, share that with other people instead of all these speculative and and conspiracy based people. Um, hey, you didn't because, you didn't know that you didn't know that Jay Z and Beyonce were in the Illuminati. You didn't know that. Yeah, please. <laughs> and and I think and I'm gonna tell you the real truth about the conspiracy thing is, are most of the people who come up with conspiracy theories are either too chicken shit to join and find out the, what really That's happens right. in those lodges, or That's correct. Two, they got kicked the fuck out, okay? You're That's right. the real reality. And, and you're right. if you really want to find out, find out for yourself, take a journey That's within, right. and gain the experience for yourself, not for anybody else, not to sound deep, not to be for your own experience to see how things are done because there can be some benefit in there. Now, is it mm -hmm. necessary? No, none of that shit is necessary. But... If it's something that your spirit is calling you to experience, then by all means, go in there and get the experience. Because That's otherwise right. than that, you'll be like these other YouTube people just talking shit with no experience. And that, my friend, is not something to do. And, and, and I'm glad you bring that up because uh, speaking of conspiracies, you know, I got we I got to drop the science on on crisis actors, man. You ain't hear the new thing yeah, about yeah. crisis. I got I got hired, by the way. I got you got hired you got you me. got hired. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Listen, I, you you gonna see me? Listen. You gonna see me on some, on some other episode coming up? <laughs> listen, I would appreciate if people stop sending me dumb shit in my email. I don't care for any of that shit. Let me let me. I get some damn email today that somebody sent me some YouTube video, um, and it's that brother polite and some other dude. Talking about the Facebook killer. Everybody saw what happened on the news recently with this Facebook killer dude out of Cleveland. And one thing I'm starting to learn about melanated folks in America, I'm going to say mostly, and don't take this personal, it's not. It's just a fact. Most melanated folks in America, not all, if it don't apply to you, it doesn't apply to you. Why do motherfuckers love conspiracy theories? Because you brought it up about YouTube, about Freemasonry, Illuminati, you know, everybody's in the fucking Illuminati. But then when you ask somebody what the Illuminati is, they can't really give you a clear answer. They give me, they go spook. How do you, first of all, how do you, Jane Doe and John Doe, know what the fucking Illuminati is? And one, how can you identify that somebody's in the Illuminati? Because somebody threw up some hand signals in a rap video. Listen, 
there's this new theory out now about this Facebook killer that they 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 put this video out. Somebody sent it to me. I laughed my ass off. I'm, actually, I was eating lunch today when I watched it at work. I was cracking up in my office. I was like, this has got to be the dumbest shit that I've ever seen in my entire life. They hired, that was all staged. They hired, they have these things now people are claiming called crisis actors. And they're hired to carry out these random acts of killing. Though, and now here comes the stupid shit. Though they're hired, an actual event did take place and somebody was killed, and that's a tragedy. But they, they were hired. And this whole crisis actor thing is based on, let me show you how fucking dumb this is. This whole crisis actor thing is based on the fact to create fear and panic amongst the masses. And I get it. And, and the media does it all the time. But why not just say it in simplistic terms? So my question to this dumbass individual that sent this bullshit to me was, okay, so they hired this Facebook killer dude. There's one important key element they left out in this whole story that they didn't, weren't able to explain. All right, if the Facebook killer dude was a hired crisis actor, according to the story, I'm just saying according, everybody saw the news, right? And I don't believe probably 20% of the shit I see on the news anyway. So I don't need nobody to tell me about conspiracy theory bullshit. But my whole thing is according to the story, and I had asked this individual, and I got the Ralph Cramden. If anybody doesn't know what the Ralph Cramden is, it's when you ask somebody a question and they go, ahamada, 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 ahamada. That basically means they don't know what the fuck they're talking about. I got the Ralph Cramden when I asked this question. Basically, I simply asked, they say he committed suicide. So my question was to the individual, if the suicide was fake in the stage, because obviously you're saying he was a quote-unquote hired crisis actor to carry out a random act of killing to instill fear and panic in the masses. Spooky! First of all, that shit is spooky as fuck to me. You're telling me they staged the suicide? You understand? They staged it? So where's the body? They went through this elaborate... Come on. So how did they stage it? And you know what the answer I got was? My whole thing is, you can't explain it. How do these things start? How do people get sucked into them? So what that basically shows me is, long story short... People are still looking for external shit to clarify bullshit that they're dealing with. Because the individuals that are promoting that theory, they're obviously internally in a state of panic and fear. Because don't get me wrong, there's a lot of fucked up shit going on in the world. Don't get me wrong. The news, politics, one can get stressed out and one can get you know, heavily caught up into it. Don't get me wrong. But if an individual is so engulfed and caught up in it and they're in a state of fear and panic, there's something going on on the inside. So when I got that, I was actually I called you, Brother Ravonna, and I was dying. I was like literally cracking up. Like it was one of the funniest things I've seen in a long time. What it also shows me is that people ain't got shit to talk about. That's the other thing. It's just like really this is what we're doing now. We're making videos on conspiracy theories. You understand? My, my thing is, we, once we get sucked into that, where, look, it sounds good on the surface, but what in, in, individuals, okay, what individuals can come forward on any shape, form, fashion, or level and confirm any part of that story? It's speculation. And, if, and, and until you can confirm it, it's speculation. So I'm, I'm sitting there, I watched about five minutes of it, and I turned that shit off. Once I heard what they were talking about, I was like, I'm not listening to this garbage. This is the bullshit that's keeping our minds fucked up. 
That sometimes is even more detrimental to being programmed with religion and Christianity because it becomes another form of religion. You understand? So I wanted to throw that, that in there. I thought that was quite comical. Uh, all right, let's see. Texas tree hug. I didn't forget about you. I don't think we missed anybody. We might have to bring the Texas tree hug in in a minute. I think we good. Uh, anything else you wanted to add, Brother Ramon? No. Nigga, you sound like you're in a tunnel and shit. Let's get to the hugger. Get to the hugger. All right. Let me see. Plug around. Texas tree hugger. What's going on? You there? Greetings, Brother Benedi. Greetings, Brother Ravonanin. How are you all this evening and everyone else out there? We are good, fine, dandy, and all that other good stuff. Awesomeness. Uh, this what, is what, what? Huh? No, no, go ahead, go ahead. I was, no, I was no, going to say, what do you got for us? I was going to say, what do yeah. you got for us? Yeah, this has been an impactful show, and one of the things that I was going to say, you know, when um, while Kadman was talking about uh, transformation, or, uh, mm-hmm. you know, there's a, you know, we were talking about religious, but there's a scripture that comes to mind, and it says, you know, do not be conformed uh, mm. to the pattern of this world. Mm but be transformed by the renewing of the mind. Mm. And uh, that's what came to me. I know that. Mm-hmm. And mm. uh, that's what I feel each and every one of us is doing or, or aiming to do because we're all coming together and sharing and, and elevating to a higher level. I think that's the mission and plan. Um, but it becomes a lifestyle. And that's one of the things for me I can say it's become a lifestyle. Everything I absorb as much as I possibly can from almost every source that I can to be able to Mm -hmm. help elevate me. And I I make that a part of my lifestyle so that I can move forward. Okay. And 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 I'm sorry, mm -hmm. but I think that's that's important because that would be the process we were talking about earlier, creating your own path. I mean, you could call it a lifestyle, a system, a methodology. All that, to me, connects with that concept of creating your own system or path. Mm -hmm. Uh, Lifestyle is another good term for it because I do – really advocate the fact that I think you do got to live, eat, and breathe, and sleep this 24-7. This is not something that you just turn on one day and say, you know, today I'm going to play darker cultist and I'm going to put on my robe and I'm going to be a, uh, a magical sorcerer and then, you know, tomorrow no, I'm going to take a break and, uh, you know, I'm going to, no. This is something, I'm not saying physically you have to show the appearance of it, uh, but it's something that's got to be in in the mind and in you know in the heart and the body and the soul twenty four seven. That's not something you can just do uh, more than anything else. But I'm glad you bring that up. But anyway, go ahead. Yeah, and then I'm glad you mentioned that too because uh, what I was my next thing I was going to say is that you know our personal trinity is our mind, our body, and our soul. And I love the that's fact right. that he said that well, that if any if that is not in tune, then it's going to be hard for us to progress. And so right. when you when you brought up the sex magic, and I hear you talk about me being fluffy when I first learned mm-hmm. about you guys and how I've grown, I mean, I've learned mm-hmm. to embrace that, you know, and realize right. that it has to be in tune. Um, and yes. so I, I used to shy away from talking about that, but I don't have any issues talking about it now. And now that I've embraced the, that my personal trinity, I can say that I've become more whole. And mm-hmm. now certain things are shed away from some darkness. You know, I mean, I still go, we all go through some point of darkness and things have to be raised up for us to deal 
with so we can get to that next higher level. Mm-hmm. But at least I have I have it all. I, I think I have it all together for me. And and right. whatever comes up, I have to deal with it. You know. Now now know this on that note, and I'm glad you bring it up. See what people fail to understand on this path. Even when you go into the darkness and the chaos and you make some order out of it, always know this. There's more chaos and darkness on the horizon. Mm-hmm. Now, I bring that up. I bring that up because this path doesn't eliminate the darkness and the chaos because the last couple shows we did, that's why we did the show on chaosmic alchemy, chaos and alchemy and the darkness. This show, I mean, I'm sorry, not the show. This path is not about eliminating it. It's about dealing with it, as you said, addressing it. But it gives you the tools. I'm going to use a metaphor here. It gives you the tools and the solutions to deal with it because this path doesn't promise you that once you become, quote, unquote, in your mind, a full-fledged member of this path that all your problems are going to disappear. That's an illusion. And you can never approach it like that because what it does is make you a warrior in the sense when you see that chaos coming, rather than let the chaos engulf you, you approach it with the mindset that I'm going to make order out of that chaos. That's why, hence, you have the term in a lot of esoterical orders, out of chaos comes order. So one never wants to be on this path and say, okay, I've conquered all of my darkness and negativity. That's bullshit because that's religion. One says, no, I now am equipped. I am a warrior and I have the tools and I'm ready to deal with whatever bullshit comes my way. That's the difference. So we don't ever teach anybody on this path that, look, now, you, you know, you're in the club now. You know, you understand what I'm saying? You got it made. And I'm glad you bring that up because that's something that I don't think people approach in the right mindset I've found over the years and dealing with people, et cetera. Uh, they tend to set expecta- unrealistic expectations and then they get disappointed. Um, so that, that darkness and that chaos doesn't go away. The other thing I wanted to touch on, and some people who study might know this, some people might not. When you look at a lot of ancient systems, a lot of people don't realize that was the purpose of a lot of rituals being done in complete nakedness. People don't understand that. In a lot of the ancient traditions, especially in self-initiations done outside in nature, a lot of those initiations are done completely in the nude because the whole they believe that nothing should obstruct your connection, your physical body, and your connection to the spiritual universe. So that's why a lot of these, not for any just for sexual aspect of it, People, this is why I say when that, when that comes up, like in a Lilith magic book and other systems, a lot of rituals you do in the complete nude or naked because of that. And there's a science behind that. So, yeah, you have to embrace, and I'm glad you bring it up, the soul, mind, and body. You know, there is that connection there that each individual needs to connect that personal trinity on that level. Um, but, the, you know, all that stuff is interconnected, and you just got to be able to put it into its proper context. But, anyway, that's a good point that you bring up. I also well, want to say this. Mm-hmm. When all else fails, just hug a tree. That's yeah, right. All right. Yeah, that's go. right. I, I, I agree with you because that's what I was going to say. You know, we have to learn, you know, that, that guilt, you know, that we, we that religious guilt that we that a lot of us hold. I, I, I can say I was guilty of that. I, I'm, I'm no longer as guilty as I was. I, I realized that there's some things that I felt that I, that I got rid of that I, I totally haven't, but they still come up and I have to deal with it. But if anyone is holding on to that guilt, uh, just like Brother Ravana Noon, I mean, I, I, I attribute you to that specifically, Brother Ravana, because you challenged me months ago, almost a year ago, to go out there and hug a tree in the bus. 
you know, and I'm like, yeah, no, I don't know about that. Wow. No. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but check this out. You know, you know, mm-hmm. you, you want to you want to see how a room can change. I'm not talking about us in here. I would like to think that everybody on the show obviously is on a mature level for the most part. Next time you're in a group of people, to show you how people still have a lot of self-shame, pity, and guilt, you know what word people just tend, you can just see the shame come to the, to the surface? Say the word masturbation and watch, it, watch the whole room just fucking change because there's that guilt. That, I'm serious. Yeah. Do it, bring it up. I'm not talking about in an occult circle or, or spiritual circle. Mm-hmm. Just watch people just act like they're retarded and like they're kids. Because there's there's some type of shame stigma with that that some people just do not feel comfortable talking about it as if it's so taboo, as if it's so like oh my god you just you just brought a pink elephant in the room. I'm talking about I've done this intentionally with grown adults. You know you understand and then just why I'm talking about I'm not just talking about I'm talking about dudes too. I don't do that. Get the fuck out of here, please. Stop. You understand? That's why I had brought the question up with Val Cadman because. Some of those rituals in the Lilith book involve self-masturbation. And some people still you act like kids when you bring, <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with you? You understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I bring that up because that is a sign that there's that trauma and impact on the subconscious mind. There's that shame still there. And he said something that was really important, if everybody caught it, is once you see it, you, now you've got you to gotta really work diligently to identify the origin of where that shame or that guilt or that trauma is coming from because now you can pinpoint what might be a blockage on your spiritual path. You understand what I'm saying? And I still think that's a subject that a lot of people, I don't care, I, I notice it on this path, a lot of people are still, you can see it brings up. And it could be for many reasons. I'm not, Look, I, we don't know. Some people could have gone through some traumatic you know, we, we, we see, and we did a whole show on that a while back, uh, sexual abuse is, is, is a very uh, traumatic, impactful thing that, that people struggle with on a daily basis, not just in spirituality, but on a level, because it's, it's just a traumatic thing, and, and really, you can only speak on it if you've gone through it. I, I haven't gone through it personally, uh, but I know many people who have, and I see how it's affected them uh, on a multitude of levels. Uh, so I can see that shame might come out for many different reasons, and don't get me wrong, and, and, and justifiably so. Um, but it, it, you've got to face that head on. Um, and, 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 I, and I notice when this topic comes up, and if you read Bal Cadman's book, Lilius Magic, he, he, he elaborates a little bit on what we're talking about now. Uh, he goes into it a bit towards that part in the book. And, and I think these are things that need to be talked about because in – quote-unquote conscious and spiritual circles, sex in general has become taboo. Everybody plays this, you know, uh, I am the king, this is my queen, we are spiritual, and, you know, we're, we are righteous, and, you know, we're, you know, come on. There's, well, there's more, in society, there's more though, the, the woman has been objectified. So there, oh, there's, there, are issues, there are issues there, and, you know, if you're aiming to go down a path of righteousness, then you, mm-hmm. from a psychological perspective, you aim to disassociate yourself with mm-hmm. that ideal, so to speak. Correct. So I think that the, the opposite of that ends up occurring psychologically speaking, and, and it just gets discombobulated in the mind and the way that people perceive it. So then that, that, that's where that guilt, I think, kind of derives itself. But when you realize who you are, 
and, and how you connect with the universe, you know, then then that all of that stuff fades away. It doesn't even matter anymore. That's correct. And but, and so you mm-hmm. just learn to love yourself, mind, body, and soul. And like 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 it was just suggested, and I would suggest that um, if you've never done it before, go hug a tree in the bus. Because I have go. come back and said that I felt so empowered. Really, I, I felt so empowered by that. And uh, we're still we're still waiting for proof of that empowerment. Well, by the way, I I, <laughs> I say y'all okay, and I took another pitch. But you know what? Uh, the, the the power has just risen. I I've had my phone that has not been I've been knocking. I think my electricity is just like really wild, and, and I'm looking to hone it. But my phone got knocked out. My my laptop got knocked out, and even the dashboard on my car is going crazy. So. Mm-hmm. You know, so I just didn't have a pair, but I just have to get it out, out of the phone. Mm-hmm. We're waiting patiently. Mm-hmm. We will, we will, we will wait patiently. But no, 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 it's a good point. And, and again, that's why I had brought up. If you, if you really do your study, a lot of those ancient mystical systems, not again, not, not for any sexual aspect. A lot of the rituals were done in the complete nude because of that. That they, they, they symbolically don't you know, believe in putting anything, any blockage there, dis- disconnecting you from all of that energy. And they believe that sometimes in certain rituals, and it's true, uh, in certain rituals that that can be a blockage. And this is why you'll find, for an example, I can tell you this from experience, and one of my OTO degrees, when you go through the OTO, uh, you know, if you're, you're caught off guard because they'll tell you, enter the lodge as you came into the world, and you've got to figure it out. <laughs> Into the lodge as you came into the world. And so I'm like, I knew what it was. So, like, I'll never forget this. I knew what it was, but I'm like, all right, you mean, like, enter, enter, like, completely like I was? Because I didn't want to be the fool that took off everything. You know, should you leave your boxer shorts on? So then I was like, look, enter the lodge as you came into the world. I didn't have nothing on when I came into the world. And they just enter the lodge as you came into the world. And, and what I'm saying is you understand and grasp the concept. It has nothing to do with anything sexual. But unfortunately, to the outsider, they look at it and they think, oh, my God, that's some cult. And they're doing some type of sex ritual. It has nothing to do with that. Um, and this is, this is the point that I'm trying to make. And, and Balcat is talking about, I think it was, I can't remember the other book. But anyway, he gets into, in some of his work, you'll see, uh, in dealing with any of those aspects of those, of those rituals, uh, so it's important to understand what it represents, uh, the symbolicisms. And I bring that up because I'm still seeing a lot of people struggling with that. Because um, when that book came out, so it, it just bothers me when people get like little kids. It's like we're not kids. We're grown-ass adults. You know what I mean? It's like a little kid seeing a naked picture for the first time. <laughs> I mean, what the fuck? I mean, I'm talking about these are grown-ass people in their 30s and 40s. And I'm just like, man, that shit is straight retarded to me, man. I can't. I just can't get down with that. Um, but, but yeah, definitely important aspect. Um, but anything, anything else you wanted to add? This, this last two comments. Otherwise, or I would suggest someone, if they don't want to do that, I mean, that's you and your personal, you know, you by yourself, you know, you don't have to have anyone. Otherwise, go to a Korean spa and you'll, you'll get a jolt. You go to a Korean spa, uh, you'll get a jolt real fast. Uh, that. And, um, uh-huh. And then the, the last thing I was going to say, he just said find harmony, and that's all I was going to say. I agree with that 100%. Find harmony. Uh, mm-hmm. it's, all of this other stuff doesn't matter. 
the main thing is that you need to be happy for yourself. You don't worry about everybody else. And when you're happy for yourself, for you, yourself, and not anybody else, then you will have harmony or harmony will come to you. You you will embrace harmony. You will will be harmonic. Mm -hmm. And you will sing to the universe because that's what a harmonica does. It makes tones. That's correct. That's all I have to say. Thank you very much. All right. Peace, everyone. Thank you. All right, Texas Tree Hugger, we we definitely appreciate you. you. All right, I think that, uh, you know, that pretty much puts it puts it into perspective. I ain't going to stay too long-winded with it tonight. Um, but I definitely, we we definitely going to get Bal Cabin to come back on. If you did tune in late, I know some people came in extremely late after uh, he had left. We did have author and occultist Bal Cabin on earlier. He was only able to stay for the first hour uh, due to the fact that he's traveling right now. He definitely, he actually just sent me a text. He definitely wants to come back on. Uh and actually, one thing that's uh, we we got one little claim to fame, brother Ravon. This is the first live show he's ever done. You heard you heard him say that a couple of times. That's right. Uh, he's a very private dude. If you're not familiar with his work, he don't even show his face. That's how private he is. Um, he's he's a very private dude. He doesn't really do. You know, he told me he doesn't like to do live shows, live appearances. But he definitely enjoyed the vibe here. Uh, so we were the first ones to actually get him to come out and uh make an appearance and so we're definitely going to get him to come back on because he's got there's a lot of work that he's done and as you saw i was just trying to cram a bunch of shit in in the hour it's a little tough um so hopefully if we can get him to come on a couple of times maybe spread some things out we can focus on uh maybe some centralized topics uh, i didn't really want to do that tonight because we wouldn't have time so i kind of bounced around a little bit just to touch on you know what he deals with in general just so i was able to get a little bit of everything in uh, but we'll most definitely try to get him back on and, and hopefully set, schedule it for a time where he's stationary and he can stay on for the full show. Um, and I'm going to be reaching out to some other occult. I'm going to try to get some people that are into the occult on this show. You know, we had, uh, you know, when we first started out, we did have a lot of those quote-unquote black conscious leaders on the show, which was okay. And, you know, I respect them. We had them all on, Dr. Phil Valentine, Dr. Jewel Pulcrum, the whole nine. We had all those people on when we first started doing shows and I, you know, I respect them, but I, I think we're kind of, we bypassed that. Uh, I just want everybody, we did, we did the methodology of the show. We set out to do it like that intentionally from day one where we said, you know, we're going to bring that on to give a perspective and gradually raise it up to kind of where we are now. This was all done intentionally for that reason. Um, I just think that only gets you to a certain point. So we're, we're, we're trying to gear guests now more towards the occult, uh, dealing with what we're talking about now, the subject matter. And there are a lot, of, let me tell you this, those that really study know there are so many people out there doing good shit, they just don't get maybe the spotlight and the, and, and the publicity like the mainstream people. There's a lot, I'm telling you, man, you know, that's why when we brought on a few weeks back, uh, even Val Cabin enjoyed when uh, uh, Leonard Bocor was on the show, Leonard Almira Bocor was on the show a few weeks back, um, because they're, 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 I'm telling you, man, you just look, you search. There's so many people out there doing good shit, uh, but they just don't get the spotlight. And part of that reason is in this path, this is not something a lot of people want the spotlight on, I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, because I think, like, the consciousness, where does the conscious comedic Egyptian thing connect to this? I think there's a disconnect, personally. That's my opinion. Because, you know, all of a sudden, people's eyes look up when you start talking about this and connecting it with Egypt and Africa. That little uh, feeling of uncomfortableness sets in. 
uh, because they don't know how to put it into perspective. And again, all, everything in this path has its origin in Egypt and Africa, but it's just not talked about. So we're going to start diligently searching. I, I am in communication. He's just been handling some personal matters. Conjurman Ali is another good author uh, who wrote the uh, Holy Death book. Uh, we're going to touch and follow base with him to get him on. Uh, you know, I want to start bringing on people like that uh, that kind of tie into what we're doing. Uh, Malthus, who wrote The Black Ship, who I actually know personally, who's part of one of my orders. Um, I've reached out to him. James Wasserman, I'm going to follow up with him. James Wasserman has written a lot of books on the occult. He is a high priest in the um, OTO, Order Templi Orientist. He is actually the grandmaster of my lodge that I belong to here in Fort Lauderdale. And if you Google James Wasserman, he's actually been on A&E. They did a whole special with him. If you Google him, you'll see the actual episode he did on A&E on the occult. Um, he's actually carried out a lot of uh, ritualistic workings. He's another good author. We've talked about some of his books and some of his work. So we're going to start bringing on people like that uh, so people can really get that quote-unquote, you know, experience um, in relationship to what we're talking about. So uh, that's what we're going to start doing moving forward. But anyway, uh, that's what we got. Again, real quick, if you are, last time we're going to throw this out there. Uh, oh, the book, uh, uh, Duma 730, if you just go, you can, you can get it on Amazon. If you just uh, type in The Holy Death by Conjurman Ali, uh, you can get it on Amazon. It'll come right up. Uh, that's the book I personally recommend to people if you want to start doing any spiritual work with the Holy Death. Uh, to me, that's the best book because he he's not limited in his methodology. He breaks down the different uh, aspects of it: the white path, the uh, you know the uh, red path, the multicolored, and the black path. I only fuck with the black path, not just because it's black, because the black path can be utilized for any circumstance, any situation. Uh, he, he dispels a lot of the myths uh, on the connection with Catholicism because really the holy death is a synchronized aspect of the female goddess of the underworld in the Aztec and Mayan culture. It's the Aztec deity of the underworld. Any person in, in Central America will tell you that's not, has, not dealing with the corrupted aspect of it because uh, La Santissima Muerte and dealing with the holy death that kind of has gotten corrupted modern day, kind of like how Ifa became Santeria. Um, we don't fuck with it on that level. I don't fuck with it on that level. I, I eliminate all that um, religious stuff from it. Uh, I don't work with it on that level. I use it as a road opening uh, archetype. It, it can be worked with to clear paths, obstructions, obstacles. That's the only aspect I fuck with it. I don't fuck with it on any other level. Uh, it's not just an archetype for prostitutes and gang members. I get emails on that all the time. Isn't it? Don't you? Don't drug cartels use that? Yeah, they do. I'm not gonna lie, they do. But it's not what it. That's not the origin and, and the aspect of it. But anyway, we did a whole show on that. Actually, if you go into the archives, uh, it was a few months back. We did a whole show on the Holy Death. You can pull that up. Uh, we made reference to the various different books you can research uh, and systems you can put into place. But Conjurman Ali, to me, is the that's the book you want to you want to get because he. He don't cut no corners, okay? Ravano, you in a wind tunnel, brother? Yeah, I'm on the patio, on the condo. Damn, about to say something. It's not like a Category 3 out there and shit. But anyway, uh, real real quick, again, last, and that 22nd is the cutoff date. If you're going to participate in the ritual, that's the 28th, 7.30 p.m., Cultural Expressions, Hollywood, Florida, with a class on Hecka Egyptian Black Magic the next day, the 29th, Sophia's Garden. Both events start at 7.30 p.m., 
Both events are free. Uh, just be on the list. Uh, again, you, you can contact us at khnum19 at gmail.com. If you need any information on those events, you can go to my YouTube channel, Mother Nubia Inc. Uh, that's all I really got for you. Brother Ron Noon, go ahead, brother. All right, if you want to reach me, you can reach me at Ravana Noon, R-A-V-A-N-A-N-U-N, at Outlook.com. Once again, that's Ravana Noon at Outlook.com. Or go on to my YouTube page, DarkCultus99, which links with the Google Plus page by the same name. Peace. Oh, you got all that win because you're out on the beach at the condo, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, was wondering, I was wondering why you had all the wind and the feedback, man. I forgot you were out there. My bad. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's nice. Yeah. It's nice. Yeah, I'll be out there. I got the email. I'm going to be out there. We're going to hook up out there. All right. right, We uh, definitely appreciate everybody tuning in. Um, Looking forward to seeing some of y'all next week. Uh, I have no idea what next week's show is going to go about. People get email. What's that? I have no idea. Uh, If you got any comments, questions, suggestions, you can always go to the Facebook page uh, and drop us a line there. We we do take suggestions and comments. If there's something we haven't talked about, if you – uh, matter of fact, uh, I don't think he's on the show tonight, Brother Andre, who who um, I had a session with last week. I think that's the show he he wants us to do. Uh, I mentioned it, and I promised last month we would do it. Maybe we'll do that next week. Uh, you know, the Celtic origins and, you know, its origins from Africa and that, that spiritual magical system uh, because he struggled with having a connection to it, and he's been ostracized for it, quote, unquote. Uh, so that might be the next show, uh, if not the following show. Uh, but anyway, we'll figure it out when next week comes. Again, appreciate everybody tuning in. Uh, international listeners, we appreciate you live streaming. We see you. Uh, always appreciate the support. I know Jagasu, uh, we always appreciate you uh, out, way out there in Australia tuning in. We we, we definitely appreciate the support. Uh, you've been tuning in for a while, and all the other international listeners, even though we don't mention you all the time, we definitely appreciate your support. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, And we'll see everybody next week, 9 o'clock Eastern Standard Time here on Awakening Universal Minds. Peace. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. (gasps) No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.